Well, hello there, it's Tarky to the party. Here's Bill Ironton. Well, Papa Charles, a very special meeting with us the first time around. This time we didn't miss it the first time around. And Bill was disappointed by it. I enjoyed it. It's Gremlins 2, the new batch. Does that make- if, if you're the brain gremlin, does that make me daffy? I'm just gonna- <laughs> No, there's definitely- definitely a couple times. I saw, uh, daffy and I said, is that Bill? <laughs> Kind of is. Man, that's one of the few. Man, one of the few times when I watched, first watched this movie back in the day when I didn't like it, when uh, Phoebe Cates brings Daffy home and he just mm -hmm. won't shut the fuck up. It's one of the few times I remember as a kid being getting actively annoyed at a movie I was excited for. Cause I was like, someone shut that fucking thing up. It's like actually kind of horrifying. Which I guess <laughs> well, is kind, isn't of, the, kind of the I point mean, it's of the, it. Kind of the point of the scene, but that's this is a character that I should be completely in love with it because that character is me. But even I'm like, eh, this is a bit much Gremlins 2. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, this is, we're talking about the 1990, I guess not a hit, looking up, seeing how badly this movie did at the box office. Uh, yeah, the 1990 hit Gremlins 2, with the new batch. Okay. Which I always also forget there's always a, like, the, the movie's got its own title, it's Gremlins Episode 2, Attack of the Gremlins. Um, yeah, this is, I guess Gremlins are all kind of clones, because they all just kind of, I mean, I guess less so in this movie, because all the Gremlins are different, but. Yeah, so how did we end up talking about this? Uh, I didn't want to do Alice in Wonderland. There's <laughs> that it? <laughs> you've, you've mentioned in the past being disappointed at Gremlins 2, and I'm like, I like Gremlins 2. So I was like, we're going to watch Gremlins 2. Yeah, it's totally built, for me, it's totally built in Ted's Excellent Adventure situation, where I love the first film. Watched it a billion times before the sequel came out, and just because the sequel was different, I didn't like it as much, and I just never saw it mm -hmm. again. And did you think it was going to be another horror movie? <sighs> I didn't know what to expect. Uh, just because I just wanted more Gremlins. I'm not. I'm not one of those kids who, like, I'm someone who likes Zelda too. So I'm I'm Zelda 2: The Adventure of Link video game. Yeah, you have issues. So I'm so I know that yeah that that's also just a warning. I'm not someone who necessarily needs the sequel to something to be an exact clone of the first one to enjoy it. Uh, but it just I, it actually because I have not seen this movie in forever. I've seen this movie like maybe twice before. Uh, rewatching it again this weekend to talk about this for the podcast. And rewatching it this time, I realized I think part of the problem is just structural, just like there's barely any plot in the movie. Not that the first Gremlins was super plot-centric, but the balance mm -hmm. between the story and all the Gremlins gags was a little bit more balanced. In this, the plot just kind of stops after the first third of the movie and just becomes almost entirely just Gremlin antics. And even the resolution of the movie, like how the Gremlins get wiped out, seems to be kind of relatively random. I mean, they set it up with a Gremlin... With Billy catching the the electric gremlin in the phone system early in the film, but still, like even <laughs> they kind of start building up Mohawk, the the this, the super e evil leader of the gremlins, who's kind of like yeah. just this movie's equivalent of Stripe from the first one, and you know he he kind of tortures Gizmo a little bit, turns himself into a spider, and it tries to attack the two human ladies, and then just gets instantly killed by Gizmo, and it just. Not that we need him to become the end boss of the movie like Shark was at, like Shark was at, at the end of the first movie, but some just, just, just. If you tr if you want to try to treat the individual gremlins like the leader gremlins as kind of characters themselves, their arcs are all kind of like 
Laugh was it Daffy, Lenny, and George? Something the like three that. major gremlins yeah. who aren't the Mohawk gremlin, they just kind of disappear after they attack Microwave Marge. After they turn into gremlins, they have one thing where they attack. Oh, you Mar see them here and they're there. They're in the background a little bit, but like they kind of just like. You think if you're going to go through the effort to create these like specific gremlins with specific personalities, not that each one has to have a, like a super hardcore character arc, but you think they would. I, I, I guess originally there was a, uh, I, I don't know if it was a deleted scene or a scene that was just never shot, but there was supposed to be a thing of where, um, oh god, which ones, George is the one that kind of looks, it was with the big lips and Edward G. Robinson, he's the cranky one. I think Lenny's the big one, the big dumb one, go, 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 I think, yeah, I think there so. was an original idea that, like, uh, at the very end of the movie, all the gremlins are about to gang up and, and kill Gizmo, but then Lenny suddenly turns good. And because he's the big, strong mm. gremlin, he beats up all the other... Well, maybe not all the other gremlins, but I guess maybe he beats up, like, George and Daffy and says, No, I'm going to protect Gizmo. And that would have been kind of, like, an interesting thing to see happen. Like, a, like one of the evil gremlins turned good. And just, like, something a little bit more like that would have been kind of interesting instead... Like, they went through all this stuff to make these, like, super unique gremlins for this movie, and they don't really do any, any, anything interesting with them. Or at least nothing survived into the final end product of the movie, because this movie has, like, half an hour worth of deleted scenes. That yeah. flesh out a lot of little little bits and pieces more, but... Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not bad, it's just... I think I think from just from a story perspective, this movie is definitely a lot lighter than the first one. And I think that's part mm -hmm. of the reason why I found stuff. So yeah, but you, you, you always dug it? Yeah, I think the first half an hour, I mean, before the gremlins show up, of course, is a little... Yeah, meh. well, that's... But once the gremlins kick in and it starts turning into more of a parody and a comedy... Yeah, that's that's, that's the thing with I every enjoy. horror movie is... So much of, of your enjoyment of a horror movie also kind of depends on, depends on how well the horror movie can stand on its own two feet before the monster before the fun monster shows up. And yeah. I, I I also wouldn't call this a horror movie. No, it's not. Especially now looking back, I, well, even less so than the first. I don't even consider the first one a horror movie. That's more of just a weird creature, Steven Spielberg. I mean, by I guess by Steven Spielberg standards, it's kind of a horror movie, but it's definitely no one's watching Gremlins for Halloween. If anything, you're watching Gremlins. It's it's for Christmas. Which actually, mm -hmm. I'm starting to see that now. These more these days. Now that everyone's beat the whole Die Hard's the secret best Christmas movie thing into the ground. Now people are. Although I would actually more justifiably say that, that 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 Gremlins is a secret Christmas movie, although that's not so secret because that that actually does take place at Christmas. Although at least Gremlins, the first Gremlins movie, does have actually has more Christmas stuff in it. Um, yeah, there's snow for Christ's sakes, at least. But <laughs> there's Christmas trees. No, but like yeah, the first half hour, like. I mean, it's world building. It's setting up the clamp building. Yeah, and it's funny to think there was even more clamp building stuff that they took out like so like i guess uh, there's an insinuation of the building is uh, pumping in subliminal messages into every and into every room all the time like one of the messages is like daniel clamp would make an excellent president which yeah. of course now that trivia is funny because you know the whole thing about clamp being based on trump but yeah and it's weird too because all the characters are kind of assholes all the new characters are at least as as kind of as dopey as Kate and Billy can be, you know, Phoebe Cates and mm -hmm. what's-his-face. <laughs> no one remembers that. Zach Galligan. As dopey as they are, they're all from small town. Gee, the big city sure is crazy. Everyone else is so evil. Like, Marlon Maples is so like, meh. 
she's just like Harley Quinn before she gets turned into Harley Quinn. And like you got Robert no, Picardo you know, and he's a butthole. But it, that's how New York was in the 80s in any movie that yeah. takes place in New York. <laughs> I love, like, it's like all these characters fell through the RoboCop universe. Because they, they, they all feel and, like, feel and look like... They, they Like even the inside of the clamps tower kind of looks like the ocp building from robocop where it's everything's everyone's dressed in like baggy gray suits and everything's almost, almost like the 80s hadn't <laughs> i know they, well they had a very specific idea of what the near future was going to look like and everything was gray uh, and everyone had baggy gray suits on. uh but like well that's another thing because like even like robert ricardo's character disappears halfway through the movie uh, which, as much as I'm complaining about him, like, which is funny because I love Robert Picardo, but he, well, I guess Robert Picardo's character is the closest thing to an actual villain in this movie, because you get the feeling like the, maybe the original idea was that Clamp was going to be the villain, but yeah. I guess the actor came in, and they really liked the actor who they hired to play Clamp, but I guess he was like, I've played villains so many times, is there a way we can kind of soften up this character? And so, even though, like, his office is super evil-looking, and, like, he's in charge of this, like, fucked-up building. And there are some jokes in there that kind of suggest he is kind of, like, a little bit of a bad guy. He seems kind of affably naive, which is kind of an interesting mm -hmm. way to tackle that character. And, it's yeah, it's funny that, like, his henchman, the head of security, Robert Picardo, is kind of the closest thing to a real villain. But then he, he even he disappears halfway through the movie, so... Um, but, yeah, it's not the end of the world, but... Well, I guess... Did you like it more this time than the first time you watched it? I don't it? like it <laughs> I can appreciate just I, I mayhem. I'll, I appreciate any movie with 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 enough mayhem in it. And this movie definitely has its it's more than its fair share of mayhem. Um, Did it make you laugh? It made me laugh. Did you laugh? <laughs> Did you laugh? I was even I all the deleted scenes are on YouTube, and I was even the deleted scenes made me laugh. There was a deleted scene where. Uh, they're in the lab, and the vegetable gremlin gets hooked up to IVs filled with uh, it uh, Italian food dressing, Italian salad dressing. Okay. <laughs> That's just worth it. And it's not like a joke that ties into anything else. He's just sitting there getting Italian dressing <laughs> hooked into his veins, and it's just, just a dumb slight joke. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I almost like, if this movie's already so loosey-goosey, they should have just made it a three-hour-long just compilation of gremlins doing stu they almost could have gotten rid of the rest of the plot as far as I'm concerned just made it just like stupid gremlin shit the movie uh, but yeah no I definitely yeah. had it's, it's it's funny I can do without all the this is one this watching this again this is one of the things I didn't like about it too all the endless training montages scenes with with fucking gizmo and endless they last for five <laughs> seconds and then it moves but on what are you so talking about bad. that shows how bad that they are that they they seem like they go on forever and he's all like i know they did a little bit of the same thing with he him. lifts a weight falls through the floor <laughs> and then that scene Which I'm like, ends how paper thin was that floor the head like <laughs> how did it not fall through the floor just like that paper weight even before he picked it up if the floor was that yeah um but like also did you know there's a speaking of rambo did you know there's a new rambo movie coming out this this weekend as we're taping this episode this week no i didn't i had no idea until i saw like youtube reviews pop uh, popping up it was funny i thought i had done something because i was looking up gremlins 2 deleted scenes on youtube and suddenly i started getting recommendations for like you uh, YouTube video reviews for Rambo 5, and I'm like, that's weird, and I'm like, oh my god, there's actually Rambo 5, oh my god, it's coming out this weekend? It's like, this does not huh. bode well for for uh, Rambo 5, but, no. uh, you talk for a while, I talk too much, you talk for a while about Rambo 5. I talk, you talk too you, much, you, you, what are we talking about in a movie?
<clears throat> well, I'll tell it you, and then you'll talk for five hours about <laughs> the... <laughs> Yeah, about how you. mediocre this uh, Chuck Jones opening is with Daffy and Bugs. Uh, yeah. Um, it's not bad, but you can totally tell he didn't have the same crew that he had when he was making it. I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit with the Phantom Toll booth, where it's it's obviously Chuck Jones, but it's not quite as qual- the same quality as his classic cartoons. No. Even though, again, this is something I didn't find out until looking up a, a trivia for this movie uh, for the podcast. Uh, this is only a fraction, I think this is only like a third of the cartoon material he actually produced for the opening. Um, it's weird because the cartoon ends with Bugs Bunny spinning Daffy Duck into the distance and suddenly, uh, the screen turns into a shitty Windows screensaver <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. And then suddenly that screensaver kind of breaks apart and then it reveals, um, footage of the new Manhattan skyline. And I always thought that was a weird transition, it's completely abrupt and like, even Bugs Bunny doesn't get like a, like a funny last line or anything like that. Turns out that is only the first third of like a six-minute cartoon that bug that 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 uh, Chuck Jones had directed and animated for the opening of this movie. Uh, the other mm-hmm. two thirds got cut. The other two thirds involve Bugs Bunny essentially browbeating Daffy Duck into being the guy who creates the opening credits for the movie. And Daffy mm. Duck sits at a computer and starts typing all this. Like Bugs Bunny is like, okay, type Gremlins two, and then Daffy Duck ty- types in Gremlins stew. And, like, Daffy Duck can't... He keeps on getting the name of the cartoon wrong, and or the name of the movie what? wrong, and it go, go, does go on for a while. It's not that great. Um, no, it, I, I feel like it would have been better if they had just brought back the gremlin from the <laughs> the the short where Bugs Bunny is battling the gremlin on the plane. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. They could have... I, they, I that, guess they could have almost just showed that short. Yeah, not even brought it back, but just showed that short. Uh, especially yeah. if, they're, if they planned to start off with a six-minute cartoon. They could have just, like, saved some money, but... Yeah, and I guess uh, test audiences got confused because they were like, "Is is this whole movie just going to be this cartoon? Like, w- where's the movie?" And so mm. they just they tried to keep as much of the original cartoon as possible, but they just cut it down to a third of its original length and just yeah. So yeah, so already the movie's kind of starting off kind of a little weird. Yeah, I mean it's a weird movie. Yeah, but yeah, that's fine. It's not so, the end of the world. It's a comedy, so it's, it's not supposed to be. Yeah, it's New York. And it's Chinatown. You can tell by the stereotype music. Oh, God. This, uh, not to... Not to fucking... And this is one of my other problems with this movie. Gremlins 2 had a surprisingly great score by Jerry Goldsmith. Even though it was mostly synth, it was still really, really, really good. I think you mean Gremlins 1. Gremlins 1. Gremlins 2 has a shitty score where it's all like... Doo, 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 I disagree doo. with you. Really? I think you have nostalgia for Gremlins 1 because I listened to the Mayhem version on both. <laughs> And the shitty synth, the the shitty synth version, it, does it doesn't sound, sound good. It, does, it sounds like a robot. It sounds farting. better in this one. I know yeah, what? it sounds better in this I'm one. I'm gonna I'm gonna play both versions of the tracks of their entirety on this podcast. I'm gonna splice it and force <laughs> the listeners to sit through 12 minutes <laughs> of both uh, theme songs. Uh, I mean, uh, the first one it, it it works with what it is, I, but it, it's it sounds bad. I think you're absolutely correct. It's enjoyable because objectively. But it sounds bad. <laughs> The sound, just the sound quality for the soundtrack for this first Gremlins movie is terrible because it's a, it sounds like a robot farting the Gremlins theme. Yeah. And it, well, I always thought it was interesting that they like because it's the same composer, but it's it's like this is a big brassy orchestra, which it does sound better. But you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, it was interesting watching all the deleted scenes on YouTube. All the deleted scenes were temp tracked uh, by the score for Beetlejuice. And I'm hmm. wondering if it's one of those things where, like, uh, the, the the Warner Brothers was like, 
Well, we've fallen in love with how the Beetlejuice soundtrack sounds over these temp scenes. Can you make the score for this movie sound more like the score for Beetlejuice, where it's this big orchestral rattling thing? And I think that's probably what happened. And so, mm. and even though it cost them more money, because it <laughs> they was were like, oh man, a robot farts. <laughs> I can see Jerry Goldsmith showing up and he's got his robot fart computer. He's like, but I was going to use the robot fart computer on this movie. <laughs> he's like, no, Jerry, you got to use a whole orchestra like Beetlejuice. And he's like, Okay. Anyway, and so he decided to put, like, ch fucking racist-ass Ching Chong music on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, and if they had done it like the first movie, that would have been racist synthy Ching Chong music. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's terrible, because uh, my 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 uh, buddy who I live with, Joshin, he's Asian, and his, he, he will totally lean in. I, if Normally, if I hadn't been hanging out with him, I would ever, not, never even use the word Ching Chong, even jokingly. But he gets so angry at racist caricature shit that he'll be, he'll, that's how he describes this shit. And so I've kind of picked mm. up that terminology from, like, he, <laughs> Getty Watanabe shows up in this movie, and he's the one, Tojin's the one who, I saw him first label him as professional race trader, Getty, wanted, mm. Getty Watanabe, because he's doing his shtick in this movie too, where he's, he's the token well, Japanese guy. Um, Except he's not doing an accent. He's American. He, well, yeah, he only has like one line of dialogue, and he is all just. I don't know if he's supposed to be specifically American, but he's not doing. He's not like what he was in UHF, where he's like, oh, so test, you know. But yeah, it could have yeah. been worse. But anyway, Chinatown, fucking stuff. Chinatown, yeah. Old man who owns Gizmo, uh, the old Asian man. He's got a bad cough, and I wonder what that uh, means. I don't know. The uh, he doesn't want to sell this place to Clamp Industries uh, because uh, the cowboy from Inner Space comes in. <laughs> we gotta talk about Inner Space someday. <laughs> That's yeah. Of all the Joe Dante movies, we need to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes him a very generous offer on a TV. Yeah. Clamp does. It's and and, and uh, he's like, ah, no thanks. Still no thanks for the offer though. But they leave and. Uh, uh, the cowboy finder space is like, ah, don't worry about it. Did you hear that cough? He ain't got long. We just gotta wait. Yeah, uh, he wasn't kidding, too, because it's only six weeks later that he's dead and they're already tearing down the building. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they leave the TV as a gift and Rambo's on it for some reason and Gizmo's like, fuck that, Rambo. Also, for a basement apartment, that, that, that little junk shop gets pretty good reception down there. Um, I should just point out, just because I love him so much, the, the old man's played by Key Luke. He, he was one of the first big Asian-American actors in the middle of the 20th century, just to do a ton of stuff, and he just was one of the, mm. uh, when the, I guess Asian-American acting community considers him to want to be the, one of the four, four, foremost Asian actors of the mm. time. And also, this always, <laughs> I always thought this was weird, too, because I always thought that the Chinatown in the first movie where uh, Billy's dad gets Gizmo from, I always assumed that was San Francisco. He never says, he just says he picked him up in Chinatown. And, mm -hmm. but in this one, it suggests that it's Chinatown in New York, which I guess New York does have a Chinatown. But maybe he moved. I, he just he just recreated the same shop perfectly. And also, it's weird yeah. too because this little kid who sold a gizmo to Billy's dad is no longer around. I guess maybe he went off to college or something like that. But anyway, yeah, Key Luke's gonna be die. But yeah, Gizmo was watching yeah, Rambo. Six weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Six weeks later, he dead. And uh, you get your first sight of Clamp's fully automated office building. Yeah. And a news report. Just talks about how old man died. Now Clamp gets that store full of fucking magic shit and valuable stuff that they just destroy without even going in to look around. <laughs> this is a big 
Yeah, they just smash thing comes. You in. think they would have at least emptied the cash register first or something? Yeah, at least. No, but they just like, yeah, oh, um, yeah, they, yeah. They, and they they don't even notice the sad sad gizmo inside. Yeah, but he manages to escape. Wait, uh, and, and there's one bit too where this is actually this does not look good these days. But for 1990, it's actually pretty good because there's one bit where you actually yeah. see him run out of the shop, and it's like a full bodied puppet of gizmo, but he's blue screened into the into the background plate and this is the kind of shot you would only really kind of do today knowing that you had digital effects to clean it up if it didn't look good but so it's actually kind of yeah. ambitious and but it, he there's a they do the same effect later when he dances but i thought it was okay yeah yeah it's about as good as it could look for the era exactly that's what i'm saying for for 1990 it looks really good Mm-hmm. and then uh the, uh, he's grabbed by the security guard from Terminator 2. Yeah, I was gonna say, that guy had a good year. Like, cause he, he says, if you want to find something strange, go downtown. Because this movie's probably in theaters while uh, they were filming Terminator 2, and these are the two things that this... Well, these guys are known for, I guess we should say, yeah. yeah. Um, those twins. Mm -hmm. And Billy and Kate from the first movie. Oh, how you doing, uh, Phoebe Cates? Mm. See, she's a little bit before my time. I don't get the... Oh, I mean, she's yeah. very pretty I mean, she's, girl, I, think, I still I, think she's... She's got the bob haircut in this one, too, which is kind of like... Mm, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, I appreciate I, the fact they put her in flat shoes, which I appreciate they, for her comfort, I guess. She's not in high heels in the whole movie, which that would have been terrible, but... Yeah, mm. I don't know why. Shut up, Bill. Let Daniel talk. <laughs> they're 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 in New York. They work at the the clamp building, and uh, aren't oh, also aren't New Yorkers rude? Yeah, can you believe it? There's like just people like almost like punching Billy and Kate in the face while they're like <laughs> trying to get the way to the work. They try to hail a cab, mm -hmm. and the guy's like dyslexic. Uh, fucking. You go to airport? Yeah. No. Just... <laughs> Wait, dyslexic is not a race. <laughs> no, it sure isn't. Dyslexic also doesn't mean that you're bad. Shut the fuck up, Bill. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. So, uh, they also mention at some point during their walk to work that the Futtermans are coming to town. Oh, yeah, for no reason whatsoever. Oh, and I guess later they find out that, like, I guess Marie Futterman, he's got, like, a no, reunion with yeah. his war buddies. But for some yeah. reason, they're staying with Billy and Kate for no reason. Like, they're yeah. not going to get their own well, hotel. Be, well, it would would you stay in a hotel in New York in the 80s? <laughs> or stay with friends? If you're going to make the trip, budget for a hotel. Don't assume you could stay with a young couple who are probably fucking. And who, who probably have a, a, a... Who are probably so broke they could probably barely have enough room to host an old married couple. I would assume. Maybe they offered. Maybe, Maybe they, they offered. Insisted. They sure. were like, oh, yeah. you know what? You're not staying at a hotel. You're staying <laughs> with I us. I know that's completely besides the point, but still, yeah. Any, any <laughs> excuse. <laughs> You're such a turd, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> any excuse to squeeze in all the characters from the first film. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, when we get to the office building, a guy shoves past them to get to the revolving doors first, but it, it spins and spits him out because... Maybe nothing in that building really works that great. Yeah. Oh, I should also point out, while watching this last night, I realized that this building is actually right next to Grand Central Station, which means it's also just right next to the Avengers Tower in the Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, well. Th there's like Put that in the IMDb <laughs> trivia. You know what? Bill. Actually, I should go, ch uh, go check to see that's in there, because there's like a little bridge. It's not. I read it Oh, all. yeah. There's a little bridge thing yeah. that leading to Grand Central uh, Station that in the Avengers, there's that big iconic shot of where the camera's like sweeping around the Avengers while all the bad guys yeah, are yelling at them. That's like right there. Go to, go to IMDb and type. This movie takes place in New York. The same 
<laughs> the same city as the, the Avengers takes place. Not, not only the Avengers, but list of the literally 18 billion other movies that involve <laughs> a, any scene in New York City. So I'm just saying that- this takes place in the same city as Crocodile Dundee <laughs> Two. Yeah, and no, the best thing too. is like I, I create a separate entry for each film, so that is the same <laughs> trivia. Also, yeah, oh my god! But I'm just saying, Daniel Clamp and Tony Stark just happen to be neighbors. Just throw that out there. They probably get along. Yeah, they're both kind of affable assholes with millions they didn't earn. But yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, stuff, stuff. It, they're it, walking so, into the building. Well, yeah, yeah he walks in. And uh, Billy's sad because he hasn't been promoted in the two years he's been there. But at least he doesn't have to wear a stupid hat like Kate does. Oh, Jesus, yeah, those poor ladies. <laughs> so uh, he's bound to be noticed soon. And maybe then they can get married. Because I guess it's the 1950s and you need to be making enough money <sighs> well, before you get married. Yeah, I mean, they're suggesting that they have just moved to New York and they're strapped for cash. And I Just guess... two years ago. Did they say two years ago? He's been working there for two years. I mean, that suggests he has been there for a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless he was doing it by mail. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, uh, anyhow, Billy Hope goes to his office where his boss is a very New York-y redhead. Yeah, she's Uh, the Harley Quinn. (laughs) Fran Fran Drescher told her to tone it down a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, she's totally Fran Drescher meets Harley Quinn. Like, and, mm-hmm. and I guess... With a big old shoulder pads and a weird, like, pencil skirt that goes all the way down to her ankles. Uh-huh, which I guess is supposed to make her look more kind of wound up and severe, because, like, it kind of mm. limits her movement, but, like... Again, this character, I don't know... I mean, I guess she does have an arc in that she ends up with a Daniel Clamp at the end, but, like, I'm not quite sure what the point of her character is, because, like, she kind of su- tries to seduce Billy, and that gets weird, and... I don't know. Yeah, she's just a weird New Yorker. Yeah, just a Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> I wear way so, less you know, of this character no, more grumbles. Come on. Bill. Yeah. Well, yeah. But not everything in a movie needs to interlock with everything else. I know. This, well, Sometimes something can just be a thing in them. movie. Especially in a Gremlins movie. Because the whole point of a Gremlins movie. But at some point, if you're to spend this much time introducing a character and having the character be a thing, you think it would be more... Like, even when she interacts with the Gremlins, she gets, like, stuck in a spider web, and that's it. That's And then she disappears for the rest of the movie. But She's a New Yorker. She's a bit of comic relief. Yeah, yeah. Here and there. Maybe she was in the script, original script. More. I did I don't see know. there was an interview with Zach Allegan who plays Billy, and he's like, oh, she showed up, and she already had that hair color. And I was like, wow, that's, nice. that's a bold choice. <laughs> so, uh, she's very New York. She got big shoulder pads. Everyone uh, got big shoulder pads. He drew a, a, a building for Clamp with a big gold dragon, Chinese dragon <laughs> on it. Hey, Mr. Clamp, I made you the most racist building I could think of. <laughs> She's like, I had some trees. I'm surprised the building so. isn't shaped like a giant take- Chinese takeout box. Yeah. yeah. So then the doctor from Deep Space Nine shows up and scolds him for having a potted plant at his desk. Also, because all, everything's... he spots mm-hmm. a drawing of Kingston Falls that Billy has and starts yelling at him about being an artist. And he's like, well, for putting up his own art, how dare he? Like, I... They they gave them they gave them tons of money to put up all these modern art. Does this guy go down to like the food commissary and start yelling at everyone for having food around? And like starts, we have you know <laughs> right next door we have professional food makers like McDonald's and Subway. So you better be good or you're gonna lose your job. I'm like what what kind of anyway? Yeah, Bill. Well, sometimes you forget you're self-employed, Bill. I know, yeah. Well, and there yeah. are people like this in the business <laughs> I would, I world. I'm so glad. I will gladly <laughs> die penniless and freelancing if it means not having to uh, deal with people like that ever again. Oh mm-hmm. my god, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, they, 
that, that that's a bit to show how cold and emotionless everything is exactly. there. Well, that's the introduction. Also, manage. Management is nothing but kiss ups, idiots, and assholes. So within like the like within the first ten minutes, you got to establish that the uh, clamp building's crazy and the employees there are jerks. Yeah. Yep. And also in the control room, the cowboy uh, fires the neighbor from the burbs, Henry Gibson. <laughs> you know, I've never seen the burbs for taking an unauthorized break. Nah. Yeah, I don't know if he'd know him from anything else. Do you? Uh, I don't. Uh, you know what? It's funny because I think he's one of the guys from Laughing. And I think so. which I realized I he's probably been in other Joe Dante films. I had stumbled across his IMDb entry while looking at Laffin because what's his face from Laffin also showed up as the Mad Hatter in the Alice in Wonderland we just talked about. So it's funny that I uh, the mouse the, 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 the door mouse is it the door mouse? Not the Mad Hatter. No, I yeah. thought it was the main. Oh, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, one of the guys. It what so it's funny that I happened across that same guy's IMDb page like for like accidentally for two projects in a row or practically two yeah. projects in a row, but anyway. Yeah, but that's all he does. Yeah. He, he tries to take a smoke break and gets fired. Well, that scene for just it. establishes that like there's like a million eyes everywhere inside the building, and, and also establishes yeah, and that like there's this this like almost like air air flight traffic control room, security room, and that can see everything inside the building up like the top of the of the building, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, uh... oh, his character's name. Uh, well, the cowboy's an asshole. Oh, you Robert Picardo. Yeah. Yeah, more of an asshole. Uh, Robert Picardo, uh, dude from Inner Space. Cowboy from Inner Space. Yeah. We just call him the Cowboy, cowboy from Inner Space. I call him the Cowboy for quite a while. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. So, uh. Um, I love when Die Hard jumps through the window. And then they are. Yeah, they are, they're doing a good job of making you want to see the Gremlins wreak havoc in the building. That's the funny thing about a Gremlins movie. Because, like, the first one is a little more of a horror movie. Because it takes place in an environment that you're more familiar with. It's a small, like, suburban town. And, it, yeah. and when the gremlins attack, it feels more like an actual attack. Whereas this, you're already rooting for the gremlins even before the gremlins show up, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I just reiterated what yeah. you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I Bill. So, Tell me uh, what I just Kate, said. <laughs> Kate's job is to give the tour of the building. How fun. Yeah. And uh, Robert Prosky is basically Grandpa Munster showing old shitty movies. I have never understood this. There's nothing wrong with his performance. But it's obviously no. just Al Lewis from the Munsters, and Al Lu I had to Google this just to make sure. Al Lewis was not only not was only still not only still alive, but he had just opened up a comedy club when this movie was being made, which actually probably helps explain why he, they just didn't get him for the movie. But like he was running for governor of New York State like a decade after this movie came out, so it wasn't like health problems would have kept him from being in this movie. Yeah, it turns out he actually kind of outlived half the cast of the rest of the monsters, despite being the oldest guy in the show. But I was always confused for the hey, they have a whole character b fake based on this this character actor. Then why didn't they just get the character actor? It's so weird. And I, it's uh, it's a parody. I wonder too. I mean, there could have also been an issue. I don't know if they could have. Because if, if they had gotten Al Lewis playing this character, he would have just essentially been playing his character from the Munsters. And I wonder if there yeah, would have been an issue or some rights issues. issues with, like, yeah. Because I know he, I think he opened up an Italian restaurant in New York called Grandpa's, and I think like the, whoever owns the rights of the Munsters made him change it, because with his picture on and the door, also, they were like... Maybe he did audition for it and wasn't as good as this guy, because this <laughs> guy does a fine job. He's lazy, and he's just like... 
Yeah. That's... That happens in Hollywood. They'll ask for a certain type. They'll be like, hey, we want a Bill Mudrin type. And you'll go in and audition and say, hi, I'm Bill Mudrin. Yeah. I'm here to audition for my type. And they're like, no, we're going to go with that guy. I, he's more He's more Bill Mudrin than you. I think it wasn't one of the bits of trivia you found out during one of our Chaplin movies that Chaplin ent- entered into a Charlie Chaplin impersonation contest and came in third. Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah, like, that kind of Dolly thing. Pa- yeah. Do- Do- Dolly Parton entered into a Dolly Parton drag queen contest and <laughs> didn't win. I think it was Although, Dolly to Parton. be fair, in a drag queen contest, there's probably better drag queens that are probably better being a Dolly Parton than Dolly Parton is, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so he's Grandpa Buster showing old shitty shows. I guess he's also friends with Billy. Yeah, I had to and... rewind it because I was like, wait, why is Billy even in this scene again? I mean, obviously they're just establishing the scene so they can just establish Grandpa Monster, but why is Billy there all of a sudden? If he's just yeah. supposed to be working upstairs and uh, the, the this very throwaway, but Billy has brought him a little like bat puppet for the show yeah. that uh, Grandpa Monster just automatically just kind of like ignores, but yeah. It's just showing mm-hmm. that Grandpa Monster, he's hosting a, a cable TV show where none of the effects work, and he's just kind of tired and depressed, and he secretly wants to be a newscaster. Yep. They go for a walk, and he also mentions the genetic research testing oh, yeah. upstairs place. That's the shit out animals, so we go to Splice O Life Incorporated Designer Jeans. Waka, waka, waka. Yeah. Where the male guy comes in, he hears Gizmo singing. This is not, he- n- not, not to go off on another thing, but have you ever seen Breaking Bad? No. Uh, the guy playing the mail carrier, uh, he plays one of the major villains in Breaking Bad, Tuco Salamanca. And he also mm. played a sniper in one of my favorite dumb 90s movies, uh, Clear and Present Danger, starring Harrison Ford. And mm. uh, this guy, which is also funny because in the first Gremlins movie, it has Jonathan Banks, who plays another character, uh, actually another bad guy from Breaking Bad. So I was like, oh, technically this is kind of like an in-universe. Well, it's not a reunion because both characters aren't in the same movie, but... Uh, also, the mail package that he drops off to, to IMDb. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> but, uh, the package that he drops off at the genetics lab is actually the is he drops it off with. I didn't realize it's Julia Sweeney. It's Pat. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. she, I, I guess she has a little bit of a shtick with uh, where uh, this old dude I don't recognize from anything who never appeared in anything before or after this again shows up, but he's the head of the genetics lab. But she gives him oh, the yeah, package. Yeah. yeah. He seemed familiar, but I couldn't place him. I couldn't him. place him. It's such a shame that he only his has this one voice eye. Isn't, his voice, with a voice like his, you think he'd have more, more you think, roles. You know what's a shame? Because, like, I know we, we did The Last Unicorn not that long ago, and we were talking about how it would have been good if they had a better voice for the king in that thing. But no, I, they, they, he yeah. could have played that, but no. I don't know. But no. 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 Hey, it's Christopher Lee. <laughs> He's pretending to be a Dracula. <laughs> He got his malaria. <laughs> oh, it's not malaria. It's the rabies. It's I, I already have, have rabies. rabies. <laughs> he, I love he commits to this as much as uh, he's ever committed to anything else in his life. If you could ever say one thing about Christopher Lee is that he never phoned in a single fucking performance in his whole no. life. God damn. And uh, he's he's in charge of the testing in this genetics lab where cows are walking around wearing hats. <laughs> I guess translate them that says, I enjoy giving milk. Yeah, this is. I enjoy giving milk. This whole lab is the most Joe Dante as p- a part of this movie. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. He goes over to the twins from Terminator and they show him a very sad gizmo. But he says, A great disdain. Cute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They turn on some music. Gizmo dances. He tries to run away, but Christopher Lee grabs him and puts him back. 
test soon. Ooh, there's an amazing close-up of Gizmo's face here that is obviously like a fucking huge animatronic. Yeah, it's fucking out of control. That's what they did in the first film too. And this whole, I I wrote ten tons of notes that I was gonna read, but then I decided against it about how. Uh, I also I don't think the 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 the, the Mogwai. Or the Gremlins puppets in this movie, even though I appreciate that they are technically better than the first film. I don't think, the, mm-hmm. like, something about the character designs, I think, are a little more kind of ghastly in this movie. And even the Gizmo mm-hmm. puppet in this movie, well, I think, to, looks... for heavens to Betsy, we don't want the Gremlins to be more ghastly. <laughs> what? That what? Would... Like, I, oh, no. I like that the Gremlins, <laughs> you know, of course, they, like, design specific Gremlins. And they have, like, instead of, like, dry and lizard-like in the first ones, these are more kind of, like greasy and amphibious with like more like realistic skin and stuff but even like gizmo mm-hmm. his eyes in this he's got like these big super goo goo eyes like they try to make him cuter for merchandising purposes or something but in the process kind of made him look so cute he kind of looks more ghastly than he did in the first movie especially with the big close-up puppet because he's got like you can see the sclera in his eyes and everything and it's all just kind of like Ugh. but yeah anyway that's neither here but that's one of my big arbitrary hang-ups that i can't articulate to anyone else in a satisfying manner, why I, what I don't like about this movie, but anyway, but no, it, that's that's the other trivia thing I wanted to talk about too was uh, Chris Wallace, uh, I guess is Chris Wallace technically. Uh, he was the creature uh, guy on the first film, and he he created all the Gremlins and, and Mogwai in for the first film. Uh, he got the directing job to direct The Fly Two when they were making Gremlins Two, so he couldn't come back, and so Joe Dante was hell bent on getting Rick Baker who was pretty much the premier creature effects guy in the 80s to make the Gremlins for Gremlins 2. And Rick Baker, he kept on turning him down until he could get the, a promise from Joe Dante that like he could redesign the Mogwais and the Gremlins any way he wanted to. And he wanted to make more unique uh, you know, Gremlins and stuff. He wanted to put a stamp on the creatures, which is how you wound up with like such crazier-looking Gremlins with like different like varieties of Gremlins and stuff in this movie, which I still think is cool. And like I said, even though I can appreciate objectively these are better puppets, I still just kind of look, mm-hmm. look, look like the way everything looked in the first film. That's just me. That's, this is me being <laughs> preferring the robot fart sounds of the soundtrack of the first movie <laughs> over the objectively better soundtrack in this film. But yeah. Anyway, that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> you gotta find your notes while you... I can hear you falling asleep while I'm just ranting. Oh, no, no, minutes. you're fine. Uh, 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 Billy's at his desk trying to uh, talk to Kate on a shitty camera phone because nothing there works. Yeah. yeah, he hears the guy whistling Gizmo's tune, so he asks where he heard oh, the tune. Oh, the delivery it's, guy who was just delivering yeah. a splice of life, yeah. Sting's new tune, maybe? <laughs> no, okay, he says yeah. he heard... He heard it on the research floor, so Billy goes to check it out. Could have been worse. He could have been like, was that the new kids on the block tune or something? Like, yeah. Yeah. He's got a tool chest that says, hey, your copier's down. That's all it takes to get in there, which, you know, a clipboard or a tool chest really will get you in anywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, 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 you know, that's movie short. I've had people show up at my work with a clipboard and be like, I got to check out your electrical system. And we're always just like, okay, sure. I mean, also, I mean, Julia Whatever. Sweeney... You got a clipboard, you're trustworthy. <laughs> Julia Sweeney does yell, hey, I'm working on the It's Pat screenplay. Go in, I don't care. I'm. Th- uh, this is only my day job anyway. Mm-hmm. So, he manages to verily easy... <laughs> verily easy? <laughs> Thank Oof. you, fucking Prince Valiant. <laughs> verily. <laughs> oh, so, God. Uh, what, what? He manages to very easily... Get Gizmo, grab him out. Yeah, of his, surprisingly, the, so you think cage. this would be more of like a plotty kind of like, yeah, trying to sneak him out kind of thing, but no. 
No, I kind of like that they're just like, he gets it, he grabs him, he gets out, <laughs> setting some monkeys free as he goes. Yeah. So he goes to a men's room, and you know it's the men's room, because when he goes in, the voiceover, that when he opens the door, says, Mr. Welcome to the men's room. Which would room. not fly today, like, all the smoking in this movie would not fly, like, yeah, it's very 80s. But I, well, it's very kind of John Wayne-esque, which I thought was kind of funny, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy, have he you washed down... your hands? Yeah. Yep. He turns down the lights, lets Gizmo out. They say their hellos and whatever, and he takes him back to his desk where he hides Gizmo. In yeah, the uh, he, he like, uh, Billy just kind of magically divines that uh, the old guy who used to take care of uh, uh, Gizmo must have died because Gizmo's wearing a black, uh, like, sad armband. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird way for him to suddenly understand the plot of the movie just by, like, Gizmo wearing one piece of clothing. But, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh shit, Clamp is showing up. Oh no. The employees are treating it like God just walked in. Yeah. I do get the impression that, like, if the, this, yeah, I mean, this is probably. Do you, yeah. I mean, this is. Do you know John Glover from anything? Uh, he did. I mean, he showed up in at least one other project that we've covered. He showed up in, uh, I'm sure we only refer to him as Daniel Clamp when he showed up as the mad scientist uh, who fucks over Harley Quinn in. Not Harley Quinn. Uh, right. Pamela Isley, whatever her name was, in the cult classic. Batman versus... <laughs> what the fuck uh -huh. you fought in that movie? It was one of the Batman movies. It was one of the bad Batman movies, too. Batman and Robin? Batman Forever. Bat no, Bat forever. no. No, Batman Forever. That's the... Or, could... no, but yeah, I was going to say, Bat Batman Forever is the one I actually paid to see in the theater and regretted. So it must have <laughs> been the other one, which... Um, that's got to be Batman and Robin, right? Because that's the one with Schwarzenegger. Hold on, I'm looking. <laughs> Batman and Robin, yeah. But yeah, uh, well, also, he's showed up... Was he the... I think he was the dad of Lex Luthor in the Smallville TV show? Yes, he was. Um, He just showed up, but he is one of the villains and in Shazam. One of... When we eventually do it, he's in Scrooged. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Which something tells me that's gonna be sooner rather than later, because I'm running out of new Christmas movies to do. Yeah. He's also the Riddler in the Batman the Animated series. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. I wonder... Oh, that's... I, I pretty much really like him only because of this movie. I think he's great in this well, movie. Well, like I said, he's, he's like he's technically an evil character, but he's so charismatic, and he, but affable. He, 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 he balances really well, fine he, line in this movie. It's interesting, yeah. He, he's, he's, his character is very much like, oh, you think he's going to be evil, but then somebody says something logical to himself to him, and he's like, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's... We'll go with that. You can totally see how in the original script he was just an evil son of a bitch. But, like, no, and, and, like, it's funny to think that, like, that, that, I guess they liked that performer so much, they were willing to change the role that much, which does kind of, like, it skews the movie in a weird way, but I like it, yeah. it's, it's, and, and, and the character is genuine, like, and he's not pretending to be nice, and it's not like he's nice because he's just completely oblivious, even though there's part of that to the character, too, but, yeah, I don't know, it's just interesting, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's probably actually the most interesting thing in the whole movie, it's just that character and, and that, that, that <laughs> performer's portrayal, but, anyway. He walks around mingling with the little people, sees Billy's drawing of the building he designed, and he loves it. But lose those elm trees. It makes people think yeah, of death. But yeah, I like he's all like, that's warmth. People love warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Gizmo opens the drawer ever so slightly, and he's like, oh, Billy's like, oh, it's automated. It opens now and then in case you need something. So, uh, after Clamp leaves, the redhead is all about hitching her wagon to Billy now because Clamp liked his drawings. 
but also wants to see what he has in the drawer, so he agrees to go out to dinner with her so she will cr stop prying into what's in his drawer. I didn't pick this up uh, one of the first couple times I saw this movie. I didn't pick this up until now. Is the reason why she suddenly is interested in Billy is because Daniel Clamp is displayed an interest in Billy, so she's just using Billy as yes. a client. Like, I never... I just, I, I, I always tuned out with this character so much back in the day that I never even realized that she's just using Billy, so. Which is kind of a shame, because Marla doesn't seem to be necessarily evil. She's just, she just takes advantage of the she's situation. She's trying to get ahead in the trying world, to, Which yeah. I can't blame her, considering how awful the rest of the people in this movie, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kate will have to come and pick Gizmo up later. Uh, but after they leave, Gizmo doesn't give a shit and just leaves the door. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of Gizmo's fault again. Come on, Gizmo, you know yeah. better than this. Yeah, Billy goes and tells Kate that something came up. Uh, he has to go to dinner with some people, and she has to go get Gizmo from his desk. She doesn't like that very much. She's like, fucking those things? Come on, man. I mean, to be fair, it did tear about her whole town, and yeah. yeah. Uh, so long as she follows the rules, she'll be fine. No sunlight, it kills him. No water, yeah. no food after midnight. So he leaves with his boss, Kate, kind of sad about it yeah she oh shit it's john astin he's a janitor hey speaking of the monsters mm, what <laughs> <laughs> i just wrote that in my notes because i thought it was funny oh she's talking about al lewis and here we are the uh, anti-monster gomez adams mm. yeah <laughs> um i'm kind of he's a janitor I'm kind of a bummed he doesn't have actually have more of a role but i'm glad he's in this movie at all but yeah john is john astin yeah. still alive I'm pretty yeah, sure. Pretty yeah, pretty sure. I've, I, I think I would have been super bummed if he had died any time recently, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he talks to himself constantly. He's he just, tries to get a drink. I get the feeling he got to write his own dialogue. He's just like yelling numbers at himself or something. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but yeah. He tries to get a drink of water from a water fountain. It shoots him in the face, so he tries to fix it. As Gizmo watches, almost getting shot with the water, yeah. runs her cover, and water gets shot on Billy's desk. It runs down the little tray that holds his pencils and right onto Gizmo. Oh no, he starts shooting off other little uh, mogwais, and they're all evil or doofy or stupid. <laughs> and Gizmo should probably get they out of there at this point. They are all dumbest. There's, well, you got, the, oh man, this brings to mind two different things. You saw that Red Letter Media, well, you're the one who pointed out on, on Twitter that Red Letter Media just did their own review of Gremlins 2. Literally like yeah. two days after we, we decided that we were going to do our Gremlins lunch. 2. Uh, did you see Mike's, how he talks about how uh, he thinks like, these gremlins are different because the water that got onto Gizmo came off of Billy's painting, and so the colored, uh, the different colored water kind of produced different different kinds of gremlins this time as opposed to the last film. Which what? I, it's a weird thing, but I kind of like okay, I kind of see it. That kind of like it doesn't make any sense when a cartoon universe, I guess it kind of does. I think they're different because they wanted to make some different gremlins. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was just saying before. The Rick Baker only agreed to do this movie because he wanted to make different kinds of gremlins. But also, how have we gotten this far into the podcast, almost an hour into the podcast, without talking about the Key and Peel sketch about gremlins too? Oh, I haven't seen all of it. Oh, <laughs> well, it's not. It's like five. Minutes I meant long. to watch it, but but yeah, yeah one I of the things is the guy just talks about. It. We're gonna make gremlins that are dumb as fuck, and <laughs> I'm assuming by <laughs> dumb as fuck, he's talking about Daffy, who's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, mm -hmm. oh, I forgot. He just uh, he doesn't even he's already he's laughing and he's already just bouncing around even before you get to see what he looks like. He's still just in his little poppables form and he's already laughing and shit like that. And yeah. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> He hangs out. Gizmo hangs. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> 
touch the paint. <laughs> I'm sorry, gremlins are hilarious. It's true. Oh, okay, shut up, Bill. Stop watching the movie. That <laughs> Gizmo hangs out long enough for the evil ones to surround him oh, and shove God, him. God, yeah, the Mohawk vent. one is just fucking disgusting. He's got yeah, like fleshy now he's hands. All locked and, up. Yeah, but yeah. Oh yeah, they 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 yeah. yeah they, don't they uh, take him and seal him inside the air duct? Yeah. yeah. As as Kate goes up to get Gizmo, I like that there's an announcement on the overhead that says, "Would the owner of the car with a license plate blah 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 please move your car from the clamp garage? Yeah. It is old and dirty." Man, that kind of makes me for some reason think about Paul Verhoeven because we've talked in the past how Paul Verhoeven was so good at like doing '80s parody of like stuff like this and like man imagine Paul Verhoeven's Gremlins 2 would have been just so fucking like clamp in that one I wonder if they would have made, even made him more childishly naive just to make the company the clamp kind of company just even seem that much more violent and potent and the Gremlins would have just like mm. been eviscerating people and oh man I would have yeah. paid good money to see that but anyway but yeah so she goes to the floor uh, she wants uh, she says you know or 34, whatever. Doors close. Elevator as the other doors to the other elevator open, and the uh, evil grand uh, Mogwais get off. What are you calling them? Mogwais. Okay, close enough. Mogwai. Mogwais. Mogwais. Okay. okay, I thought you were calling them Mongoloids at first. I was like, wait, no. what? Okay, yeah. Which hey, they're made <laughs> no. up. I I can only throw. I, you're talking to someone who read the novelization. I read the. You know, I was falling asleep last night after watching the movie, and I was like, I just. It just occurred to me that I had. Read, I think part of my disappointment in this movie is I had read the novelization for Gremlins Two before I actually saw it, and Gremlins Two has all the deleted scenes and all all the extra uh, fun stuff. And I think that's part, mm. another part of the reason why. Uh, I was a little disappointed in this movie, and the only reason why I can even be a stickler about the Mogwai well, thing is because Gremlins, the first Gremlins novelization, has this bizarre bizarrely detailed origin story for the whole Mogwai race and the gremlins and everything. It's fucking bonkers. Mm. So that's how I... Just because i saw well, seen that name in print so much from reading the novelizations, I just really specifically remember that they're Mogwai, but anyway. I am kind of surprised. You, you you don't have a habit of building things up in your head to be something they're not and then getting disappointed Shut by them. I hate your face. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's... It's kind of stuff like this that I learned not to, like, yeah. Oh my god, so... Just because I was complaining about Link's Awakening before we start recording. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh... She goes to get Gizmo, uh... But she grabs the doofy one with the dumb eyes. Oh yeah, because Gizmo Gizmo's still in the wall. From the vent. Yeah. Yeah. But Gizmo at least yells something from the vent. I know you're stuck in the wall, but you can see, still see you're communicating. I don't think Gizmo can yell. Uh, that's true, but he gets... I, get, well, I guess he can only purr at them, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... The evil group is in the food court looking hungry. And uh, Mar Marla's talking to Billy about uh, nothing. Who cares? <laughs> They're at a Canadian-themed restaurant. Oh, yeah. This Again, this is one of the joke. things that slows the pace of the movie down, because it's just a bunch of random... And it's only a scene that goes on for two minutes, but it's just a bunch of jokes about Canada for seemingly no reason, including they mm -hmm. serve chocolate mousse, which is so... It's a moose's head. Yeah. Oh, she does kind of do the thing where horny women only seem to do in movies where they try to, like, jerk dudes off with their feet. Yeah. Yeah. Puts his foot right Are on his Are we dick. supposed to think Marla's hot? This didn't occur to me until she takes her glasses off that I'd, like... I, I, I guess they could just present a woman in a movie without, like, trying to get the audience I... turned on, but, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was the 80s. There's a lot, like, uh... 
I don't know. It's the 80s. <laughs> it just occurred to me. There's a, I, going back and watching 80s movie, there's a lot of times where they're presenting a woman as super hot, and I'm like, ew. Yeah. And it's funny because I've never seen anyone talk about this character being hot, despite me being on the internet and being in the kind of the 80s uh, fucking dipshit nerd-friendly part of the internet. And of all the women from 80s movies that people get all hot and horny about, like, I've seen people, like, he'll get hot and horny for Leia Thompson, but I've never seen anyone get hot and horny for this specific character, who seems to be kind of presented to, like, she's a, I mean, she's trying to seduce Billy with her naked foot in this scene. I guess maybe foot fetishists? I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm distracting. Anyhow, from, like, he's, yeah. he's like, okay, that's cool. I'm out. I'll go home. Peace out. Yeah. I'll go home. And she kisses him on the cheek before he does and gets the lipstick on his face. Yeah. Uh-oh. In a way, so, it is kind of uh, nice to see a woman enjoying herself, trying to seduce a guy a little bit, even though... But, yeah, that's going to cause problems later. Mm-hmm. And at, at their house, Kate is trying to fill the free the Bill Mudron version of... Uh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> ...this creature. <laughs> see, now you're going to start laughing ass- like that throughout the whole episode, yeah. <laughs> it's being an asshole, shockingly. Yeah. And it, and she's not picking up the fact it's not... He is just, like, knocking over, like... They've got all of these, like, fucking blenders and shit, and he's knocking over and stuff. Mm-hmm. Billy gets home. She's a mess. Oh, she notices the lipstick on his face, but doesn't say anything. I just realized and that in the kitchen, though, they still have the orange juicing machine from uh, the pelting orange juicer from the first movie, which I never realized before. That's cute. Anyway, shut mm-hmm. up, Billy. Daniel, talk. It's fine. He realizes that ain't Gil's. Oh, we need to go back. So they stuff it in a bag, but oh shit, the Futtermans are there. They're there a day early because uh, because Dick Miller he... Miller needed a paycheck. Oh, and uh, he's real jumpy about everything since the incident with the gremlins. And he doesn't trust New York. Bill, there's Russians driving cabs. Which I'm surprised that's that's as most racist as he gets. Not that he's like mm. a racist guy. Well, he is talking. He's kind of very much against. Uh, he's more just racist against foreigners and not specifically any group of foreigners. So I'm kind of glad there mm. isn't some kind of like anti-Japanese tirade he goes off in the first film. But yeah, I guess mm. he doesn't care much for Russians so- either. But they figured, they, they tell them they can't stay there tonight because their place is being fumigated or some Something. shit like that. No, some lies. Yeah. No worries. They'll find a hotel. And before they leave him, they give him an apple pie somebody sat on. I thought that was going to be a thing, but it <laughs> No, it, it well, is. that's the kind of thing. There's some things in this movie, yeah, that you think in a conventional... It's just a joke. It's just a joke. Here, joke. have an apple pie. Yeah. Someone sat on it. And it still yeah. pretty, might taste pretty good. Yeah. I do like... It tastes a little I, like ball sack, but it's okay. Have fun. you seen Dick Miller in anything else? Oh, yeah. He's just, I mean, he, he's enough of a character actor. They made, made a whole documentary about him. He just died with him last year. But, yeah, Dick Miller's just fantastic. Uh, he is, I just, yeah, I'm just glad he's in this movie, even though they squeeze him into this movie so hard for no reason. But, yeah, he's also got a jacket on that kind of makes him look like a pithy jungle explorer for some reason. But that's neither here nor there. And I kind of like his do- his dopey wife, who's, who's, like, wearing, like, a fucking... Uh, like, a blue ribbon that you'd hand out at a pie contest for, like, a kerchief neck thing. I don't know, she's dressed like she's from, like, 1910 or something. But I like the Futtermans. They're very, they're very silly. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. um... Yep. So, uh, they head back to the clamp building, and... Uh, Which I guess is an alternative oh. hotspot where everyone's just Well, like... there's an ice cream parlor. Yeah, at nighttime, this place, it starts bumping. <laughs> uh, as the ice cream parlor. Bumping as an the... office building in 1990 can be, yeah. Yeah, the evil creatures are eating shit and getting mistaken for rats. Bill and Kate come in to find out about it. It's after midnight. Oh, shit. They ruin a perfectly good uh, Mogwai puppet by dunking him in fucking melted frozen yogurt. 
Yeah. So, um... They go to some area where I guess they're gonna turn off the water, destroy it or yeah, something. Yeah, they're like in the basement. Yeah. Uh, but then when they try to break in, it sets off a security alert, and then Rick Duckerman shows up. Which I know he's in the birds, Kelly. and I've seen him in other stuff, but I was only watching... I feel like we saw him in something. Yeah, because he's enough of a guy. It's either that or just because he's been in so many things that, like... But yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he showed up in something we've talked about before. He's another yeah. guy who only seemed to get work... Like between 1985 and like 1992, like it like yeah. it's like he's one of those character actors who got outlawed as soon as the 80s ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, see, he opens Billy's bag, gets bit on the nose by Daffy, shooting at the loony gremlin as it runs off. Well, it's not a gremlin yet, but you know. But yeah, you might as well be. Yeah. Yep. Kate's still there, and she manages to escape as as Billy gets taken away to be arrested. Whatever. Uh, but she manages to avoid detection. And we see the cocoons sitting on top of some pipes. Oh, oh no. shit, they're so slimy. Oh, no. Oh. We'll return after these messages. Are you hungry? Hungry as a gremlin? Here's gremlin cereal. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What a tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Gremlins is a deliciously sweet, crunchy cereal that satisfies the hungry little gremlin. That's in all of us. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What a tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Gremlin cereal is part of this complete breakfast. Gremlin, yum, yum. Remember the last time we told you not to feed them after midnight. We told you to keep them away from the light. And the most important warning of all, we told you to never ever get them wet. You didn't listen. They're mutating. Yes! Sir, is the building on fire? No, no, that's a false alarm. <laughs> Are you trying to panic New York City? Absolutely not. <laughs> so the monsters are real? I didn't say that. Gremlins 2. The new batch. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized. So you mean, like, what if there was, like, a brainy gremlin? <gasps> a brainy gremlin. You talking about a gremlin with glasses who could talk and sing New York, New York? That's brilliant. It's in the movie done. Whoa, whoa, you, you said that nothing was final. That was before I heard the words Brainy and Gremlin in the same sentence together. It's done, I love it, it's in the movie next. What about a uh, spider gremlin? You mean a gremlin with eight legs and a thorax just catching pretty ladies in a web in an office building? Oh my God, it's in the movie, I love it! Next! What about a bat gremlin? You mean a gremlin with leathery wings just flying around, flip-flopping, bust through a wall, make a perfect bat symbol in the wall, get outside, get in some wet concrete, jump up on a building and just dry in place like a gargoyle gremlin? We are cooking with gas now. I love it. It's in the movie next. Could there be a female gremlin? Just 
Dipstick, boobies, bitch, you have me, and little gremlin but JJ. I love it so much that it's not only in the movie, but it's definitely in the movie. There's no backseats on that one, no penny taxis. Yes, 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 in the movie, done! That's why we need a woman in the writer's room. Next. I don't know. A googly-eyed gremlin? But you do know, because you talk about a gremlin whose sole purpose in this film is just that he looks stupid as fuck, yes. It can be in the movie, and it is in the movie. Done. Next. What about you, Silver Fox? Oh, electricity gremlin? You just said noun and gremlin, like you playing Mad Libs. You just like a child. You have the brain of a child. You do not have a high IQ, but you haphazardly came up with a gremlin that's just made out of bolts that is zigzagging all over the room and is done completely in animation. You a crazy person, and your idea's in the movie. Done. Next. Uh, can we put the Hulkster in it? What? You talking about putting Hulk Hogan, professional wrestler turned actor, turned cultural icon in the movie where he break the fourth wall of the movie he's in by talking to the audience. You, sir, are a raging psychopath. Don't let this town take that away from you. That's it. I don't even care anymore. We got the Hulkster in this bitch, so it's done. I don't have any more time, so let me just recap right now. It's Brainy Gremlin, Spider Gremlin, Bat Gremlin, Lady Gremlin, Googly Eye Gremlin, Electricity Gremlin, Hulk Hogan's gonna be in the picture. I'm gonna throw in a Gremlin myself. Vegetable Gremlin, just write it up. I'm having so Why much not? fun, thank you. It's all gonna be in the actual film. Now I gotta go put some Cowboys in Back to the Future 3. Sayonara, y'all. Oops. The next morning, Kate bails him out as Mimes pile out of a squad car for reasons. Good I love it's never explained. It's just Joe Dante being Joe Dante. And one of the Mimes was a super hot, like, super tight fit black lady that I was like, mm, how you doing? And there's also, then she walks past Phoebe Cates and suddenly my boner just explodes all over the place. And I no longer have a penis because I've destroyed it just from this two random women appearing in the same scene in a Gremlins movie. Jesus Christ, what? Bill, you need to get laid. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> After the 80s, that mimes just stopped being a punchline. I think they've got that joke got driven into the ground so hard because of the 80s. Because, mm. like, comedy was so lazy <laughs> that, like, <laughs> what else is there to say about mimes that didn't get said in the 80s? Or, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, so she, she bails Billy out. I guess Billy and, was in jail, Jail. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Because he ends up later yeah. in the security. Yeah, that's how, yeah. That's how they pass the time and they're not that's able to how find the yeah cocoons. that's a good point yeah because you th that should give them six hours to hunt down the cocoons and destroy them but that explains the okay yeah i see yeah so uh that's what's happening they're they're, they're hatching the cocoons yeah. again ready and i guess gizmo just spent the whole night uh, hiding out in the through the air vents of the building i guess yeah he yeah. falls down a tube and happens to lie right next to where the eggs hatched and gets grabbed by one of those gremlins and oh what happened oh they do the Billy Cape. Oh, well, yes, they do that. I was gonna say they do the like the it's the the puppeteering doesn't really pull off the gag very well, but uh, Gizmo is just sitting there and suddenly like a gremlin arm uh, comes from behind a wall and like taps him on the head before grabbing mm. him. It's supposed to be kind of a Looney Tunes kind of thing, but the puppeteering of the of the the gremlin arm is kind of loose enough. It just kind of looks odd and weird and yeah. Yeah, there's um some of the puppeteering in this is a choice number one, and some is like, oh, it's somebody's there first day. There is a scene, I forget which Gremlin does it, but, like, 
He claps his hands together. I knew exactly what you were gonna say because fucking that it the the clapping of the hands together when it laughs. It snaps. It's, and it's it's the one. It throws the coffee at uh, Clam <laughs> in his this? office, okay. and then it says, ha, 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 yeah. and claps its hands together, and it's The way the hands latch together, and also, because th- I'm assuming that's probably either at least, there's at least two puppeteers involved in that. Either it's one puppeteer mm-hmm. doing the hands and one puppeteer doing the actual gremlin body, or it's one one puppeteer doing gremlin body in one hand and another puppeteer doing the other hand. But, like, just, like, blindly, you are not even can't even see what you're doing, like, slapping the two gremlin hands together so they latch together like that. It's like, that would be, if you just think about it, that would be really hard to do. But there's other parts, yeah. too, with the puppeteering. You can totally tell it's just like a gremlin arm on a stick that's not, like, articulated. Yeah. It's kind of rubbing <laughs> against something or something like that. But what are yeah. you going to do? Yeah. In a movie yeah. with this many gremlin effects, they all can't be winners. But, yeah. No. So, uh, <sighs> Billy and Kate buy some flashlights because they need bright lights. Mm-hmm. And also, Billy's boss comes up and says, the playing night was incredible, whatever. And he's like, hey, this is Kate. And she's like, whoops, look at the time, and runs off. If they survive, he's in big trouble. Oh, no, domestic oh, problems. No. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, you're Phoebe Kate. You think that, oh. Come on, you're Phoebe Kate. You're, you're the human equivalent of a mogwai. How are you not, like, calmed <laughs> out? Like, you should be totally chill about this, yeah. So he goes and sees Deep Space Nine. He's like, yeah, you gotta evacuate the building because <laughs> This guy confused me because we had Deep Space Nine in the last in Con Air, too. From what was like, it's Cole true. Meany's in this? Chief O'Brien? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and this becomes um, the big trailer moment, too, where he's in the security uh, center with uh, with Picardo, yeah. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't care. Can't believe him. Whatever. Everybody else in the control room is like, hey, no, wait, this is good shit. Let's talk about these creatures. This is a way to tease you. Yeah. I've seen Joe, also, da- Joe Dante has said, like, half the reason he wanted to do this movie was to do the scene where you've got a bunch of people just tearing apart the rules from the first movie, the logic of it. Like, what happens if uh, the, if, if, if the gremlin's eating and he gets a piece of food stuck in his teeth, you know, in, uh, before midnight, yeah. but then he swallows it after midnight? And what if he's, you know, like, on an airplane, crosses, like, a time zone? And and I do mm-hmm. like... And also, this is actually a pretty good effect when, like, one guy's... I'm sorry, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. We're not there yet because we're introduced to Gede Watanabe in uh, tour group, taking photos of everything. Yeah. To be uh, fair, they, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, Gede Watanabe, I didn't mean to call you professional race trader. <laughs> they go to watch a show that's being recorded. It's Microwave with Marge. How depressing. <laughs> Which I never realized before she's slowly getting drunk. Because she's like, oh, I use a little bit of sherry, but I, oh, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. use a little bit of cooking sherry, but I use a lot. And she's like, oh, I use a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the control room, the booth nerds are still making fun of Billy for the ru- the rules. What if it eats okay, that's over the thing. time okay, zone? Yeah. That's where the special effect happens that you wanted to talk about. Oh, just the, the effect of the gremlin. It's Mohawk, now fully formed into a gremlin, mm-hmm. exploding out of the console to, like, eat the guy's face. Oh, no, he doesn't eat his yeah. face. He bites him and they... It's weird, it, like, he punches him in the face like John Wayne, it's really, it's a strange creative choice, but it's pretty great, and the guy just gets knocked out on his ass, but, yeah, now the Grumblers are on full-on attack. Hey, apropos, well, not apropos of nothing, it's just because you mentioned it, have you seen any John Wayne movies? I've seen The Quiet Man, and I've seen Rio Bravo, and I fell asleep during both, so I don't, haven't really seen them. I was in the room okay. where they were being displayed. I was just curious. Yeah, I seriously was like... <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, John uh, Wayne, that's so... something we can, I mean... I'd be curious to see the original True Grit because I love the remake so much, but mm. it's not so much a remake; it's just a re- it's just a re readaptation of the original novel. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Anyhow, okay, so uh, it punches him. Billy uses a flashlight to scare it away. 
And that, to be fair to these people, they don't keep arguing with Billy about if they're real or not, or trying to pretend like it's not happening. They're like, well, fuck, this is a thing that's happening. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, th which, I kind of wonder if it's one of those things where it may have, may have been deleted scene I haven't seen yet, because you think that's one of the things that would just be a natural part of the story, but, like, there's, they just want to focus so much on the Gremlin stuff. Like, this is part of the movie where the, the story pretty much stops happening for the next hour. And so I... Th Good! Yeah, so they just, just cut Gremlin out... Time. Yeah, they cut out all the tendons of the story, just so you could have, yeah, a fucking Daffy coming out of a pot with a fucking turkey baster. Mm-hmm, shooting Marge in the face, making her scream. I've seen people, some people say, well, okay, why is he not reproducing yet? Because he's in the... Even though it's like turkey juice or soup or whatever that he's in, but it's still enough water content. It should be making him do, you know, Anyway, yeah, that's not I, mean, I, I feel like I feel like it has to be water, water, well, not like yeah. Well, people have pointed out the first movie takes place in a snow-filled small town, and none of the Grumlins get like even from the, the like the melting snow on their feet. There's not enough to change them. So yeah, yeah. I mean that's not that's so, not the point of these movies. But yeah, if you really want to start, if you want to be one of the guys in the control center before he gets punched in the face by a Grumlin, if you're gonna be really pedantic about this stuff, yeah. Yeah. So they're just being pests on microwaving with Marge, and everybody pieces out of there. How do we talk for, about uh, that? We just go blow, blow, blow by each Gremlin attack, just like yeah. no, Marge no, gets choked out by Daffy and Lenny. Yeah. The Gremlins throw metal in a microwave, which explodes and sets off the sprinkler. Oh, oh, that's right. I, that might make a couple of new ones. I, I, I kind of wonder if the Gremlins did that on purpose, knowing that they would set off the sprinkler system, because like the kind of the insinuation is the Gremlins are inherently born with enough knowledge about mechanical things, they would just be able to figure that out. Versus just mm. their accidental mayhem setting off the stuff, but it doesn't really matter because now Daffy, George, and Lenny are gonna reproduce like crazy, mm -hmm. and in the Yep, and in control room, shit's going nuts all over. Yeah. Deep Space Nine, the Cowboys getting shown all the new dots showing up on the pest controlled screen. Yeah, those He's aren't like, rats. Those could be rats? Yeah. No, not rats. And he says, well, whatever they are, they have to respect the chain of command. I mean, it's simultaneous. I mean, the whole point of the character is that he's ridiculous. And he totally falls apart in the face of this actual catastrophe. That's such a dumb lie. But yeah, <laughs> you get the point. It's supposed to be stupid, but. Yeah. yeah, Gizmo's still getting tormented by the gremlins. And then Kate's in an elevator, says, floor 38, but it's too late, the gremlins are already. Oh, it's one of the best jokes says, of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, she says, sound the alarm. <laughs> I, love, I love that's a joke that's not even has to do with gremlins violence or anything like that, but I love it when the gremlins are just dicks. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And so uh, in Clamp's office, he's doing some great. Oh fuck, I'm bored. Just wandering around poking. I do shit. love. I... We never get to see this office again, but it's great because like you see, like it. I unless you really stop and look and see what's happening, you don't realize like he's looking at a telescope at the top of the Chrysler building, which is above mm -hmm. the clouds. And if you really look outside his window, like his entire office is above the clouds. And it looks mm -hmm. like the like the to like tops of the World Trade Center are like right across the street from where he's sitting, and like they do this, they drop the sound of a 747 to kind to kind of suggest that like 747s are flying right past his office window too, which I do like this idea that he's practically God. They even have these like these God rays coming into his office to kind of make him look like God. And it's like <laughs> like, yeah. but uh, like yeah, everything just kind of suggests that this guy is practically God up in heaven in his little office, but he's just kind of just like watching TV and stuff. Yeah. Yep. He asks his secretary if she's done shredding papers, and she is just finishing up, so he'll have her take some memos, talking about the Chinatown throwing him a parade for all he's done. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And this is one of the things where he's not necessarily evil, but he is kind of like, he is kind of stupid, where he thinks like Chinatown's going to welcome him with open arms for all everything he's done, despite, he just literally just tore down Chinatown, but yeah. 
Yep. And uh, but his secretary stops taking notes. We're gonna gremlin uh, puts a mouse trap in her sandwich. This may be the most actual fucked up thing in a gremlins movie because it's one of those things where like it could I, you could actually I could do this do this trick right now in one of my housemates now if I wanted to without it's it's not it's not lethal or anything like that but you could actually you could kind of appreciate how that would feel and oh you could yes well it it feels it feels bad enough she just poofs out of existence <laughs> she's just like like she's like one of the Steven Universe crystal gems she just poofs and disappears yeah oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah Clamp goes out to see what's going on it's just a gremlin at it the the, the desk saying he's trying to type and it's one of those things where we're talking like yeah actually the puppeteering isn't bad but he doesn't have articulated fingers so just so he's just smashing his hands against the keyboard <laughs> well i don't think he's actually trying to take well, dictation here he's Bill. Like yelling out the, the the letters of the alphabet though yeah like you're saying like a b c d it yeah. is great yeah yeah and um Clamp goes oh, over. Oh, yeah. And oh, actually, what I was saying is the same scuffle. puppet. Because, like, yeah, this is the scene that you're talking about. He throws a little Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he throws the coffee at Clamp, and that's when he clamps his hands together, which I think looks so great. But, yeah. Yeah. It, dude, it's amazing. Um, I hope there's an animated GIF of that we can yeah, find. Yeah, because it is a good, uh, just, like, yeah, joyful glee at, at mayhem kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they could get a lot of use out of that. So, uh, but just after that, Billy comes in, followed by Forrester. That's the uh, cowboy's name. Yeah. Uh, from inner space and uh, <laughs> a cowboy he's from the john wayne oh, movie sorry right before they come in uh clamp manages to get the gremlin into the paper shredder and Which... it makes a face like he <laughs> gets shredded yeah. he's got the gremlin puppet has articulated lips i kind of wonder if this is not just a version of the brain puppet because it's got enough of an articulated mm -hmm. lips like none of the other gremlins have that it can do kind of like facial features like that um it's weird how uh, fucking Clamp uh, running through that gremlin through the paper shredder is not more of an iconic moment like uh, Billy's mom running the gremlin either through the microwave or through, through well, the blender in the first film is. Um, I feel like, uh, <laughs> it's gonna sound like an oh, insult, but no. I don't mean it to be. Uh, people like you, yeah. uh, who, who hold the first movie up as this big thing and, like, do the scenes from it and whatnot kind of don't like this one as much and don't so even the, yeah. for lack of a better ter ter phrase yeah. they don't meme it as much even though it's got plenty of moments that you can totally yeah have online and like this shredding scene because if anything the shredding and... scene is more gruesome than anything in the first film because like, it takes like a good like it takes a while for clamp to murder that gremlin whereas billy's mom yeah, in, and... in the first movie all she had to do was push one button and that gremlin was dead Whereas in this one, like, like you get to see, there's like half a dozen shots cutting back to first showing kind of like the red goo of the gremlin coming out the other end of the paper shredder and then the green goo. And it's just yeah. like, damn, like multiple, just and like, there's, there's gremlin blood all over the place. <laughs> and, then, and then once Billy and uh, uh, Forster come in and he's like, we got a problem. I like the big glob of shit that shoots up and it's out. It's good timing. And they're like, yeah, Ooh. Robert Picardo stops for a moment and goes like, what the fuck is that? Like, it's good. It's, I don't know if that was an accident or if it was timed well, but yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah. What a good so, movie. Uh, yeah, but for some reason, Forrester's still treating Billy like they shouldn't be listening to him, even though he's obviously the only one who understands what's going yeah. on. And well, it's because he's a, a, an asshole in an 80s Also, they, they need any help they can, even regardless of even if Bella, Billy's just an, another hand who doesn't even know what's going on. Like, come on. Like, yeah. 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 Kate's still stuck in the elevator. Uh, gremlins are reaching through walls and trying to grab her. <laughs> she can drill <laughs> through. Still grab her ankles. And one of them says, make a wish. Yeah. <laughs> just like. <laughs> uh, 
Everyone <laughs> fucks with the controls of the elevator and sends the whole thing crashing down, and you get to see a bunch of gremlins on the underside, and they all go sploosh. Yeah, there's one Looney Tunes. Yeah, crashes. There's a Looney Tunes moment where the cam- where the, the the elevator comes crashing towards the camera, and the camera almost practically goes down a gremlin's throat for like it's literally a split second shot, but I thought it was pretty great. But yeah, they do the yep. thing where, because I, I guess uh, uh, Kate, Phoebe Cates was just like flying in the air because the elevator was falling, that she somehow doesn't like get 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 killed. I guess they're working off the idea that like if you jump in the it's air, a Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, yeah. Well, the idea that like, people, this is uh, people. I think people. Well, she also landed on a bunch of ghrelin blood and guts. That's <laughs> it's a nice everything. little pillow. But I guess they're working off yeah. the idea that like if you jump up in an ele- elevator, the moment it hits before the, the ground, you'll be okay. Yeah. Because she was floating in midair, yeah. or whatever. But anyway. Yep. They all get so, switched. Um, they all get switched, and uh, Clamp sends Forrester to get this worked out, and he takes Billy because there might be some physical danger out there. Gizmo's still being tortured. Whatever. And you know that... <sighs> I kind of like that Gizmo's almost becomes a non-entity once the gremlins come into play yeah. like they could have made gizmo out to be more of a hero character he has his hero moment but he has one hero he's kind of just like, pushed off to the side well that's that's what i was gonna say once the gremlin starts stuff really starts in this movie kind of like the plot and the characters kind of disappear and it becomes mostly gremlin gags and even gizmo they kind of like check in with him every once in a while while they're doing their stupid rambo training montage bullshit but it's not very often or anything like that yeah he just kind of disappears for at least like the next 20 minutes to half an hour um yeah man although we did because now the gremlins are starting to get all over the place we did uh skip over one of the things i really Mm. do like about this movie is when the gremlins do get wet and they start getting birthing the effect of the gremlins of where you can see like when uh, lenny daffy and george are getting wet inside uh, marge's studio like you could see, it's gross. you could see like little baby form gremlins and, and the blisters on their backs. And yet, yeah, it is gross. And, I, oh ooh, man, yeah. it is like really like, huh? And that's one thing I do love about both gremlins movies is they really show that like actually the birth of the act of reproducing is a real bitch because you got these gremlins screaming. Although Daffy's laughing while he's screaming, which is kind of like, wow, yeah. that's kind of gruesome. But yeah, just that that effect. That's totally Rick, Rick Baker magic right there of, like, those bl- gremlin-filled blisters, which was so fucking great. But anyway, that that's ten minutes ago, but, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It's a good thing to bring up. Um, now we're in the g- because I, genetics lab. Now's the time. Now's the time to come clean with you, Bill. Oh, no. I have never seen all of Gremlins 1. That's fine. I know it's fine. You know, if you've seen Gremlins so 2, that might, you've seen Gremlins 1. <laughs> that might be why some... I don't have this weird affinity for Gremlins 1 like How you much do. of like, I've uh, seen... the first one have you seen? Have you seen, like, a big chunk of it, or just, like, bits and pieces, because you've never sat, even sat... Bits and pieces. Oh, okay. My sisters would watch it, and I'd see bits and Man. pieces, like the lady getting shot off the stairs, and I've seen the ending <sighs> sequence with the little car... But yeah, okay. Not a, not. I, oh, and that I was feel eight, bad because like I'm, thirty years ago. I feel bad for going so such a deep dive on so much dumb Gremlins one stuff without even. Oh no no, even it's remarkably fine. It's, patient it, it needs to me. be there. No, but like it's need, it needs to be there. I'm sitting here talking about Rand Peltzer, and you don't even know the fuck Rand Peltzer is. Um, oh no, Rand Peltzer. I love Rand Peltzer. He's my favorite. He's when he has those yeah. tiny pants on. It's fantastic. Well, yeah. If only they could have been tinier. <laughs> You know what that just means? I'm gonna. Uh, you told me that now. I'm gonna have to browbeat you into doing the first Gremlin someday. No, don't worry about yeah. it. Oh, hey, right that's there. a Christmas movie. I'm just throwing that out yeah. there. So, yeah. I know. I know. It's, Sud- I know. I already it. get the feeling that this year's yeah uh, uh, Christmas for us this year might be Scrooged in uh, Gremlins. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Cool B. So anyhow, um, Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton. Is that what's next? I've, at least from like one I'm watching. Yeah. Because clamp. Uh, well, yeah. Well, no. Because first, um, wait. What? Pants. Pants. Uh. Well, the, the, the my next note is the maybe I didn't take a note about Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton. Because my next note. Is the genetics lab? Yeah, Leonard Maltin. There's just stuff. a little thing of Leonard Maltin. I guess he panned the original film, and so I, yeah. I thought when you were saying that you'd never seen the original film, I thought you were, that was your lead in to talk about how oh. he's reviewing the original no. film and doesn't like it. Um, yeah, yeah, he's just it's just a joke because he. I guess he was good humored enough. I guess uh, you're talking about someone who he showed up in an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, so I guess he has no problem showing up in anything. Uh, but yeah, he yeah. gets attacked by Gremlins and then he gets choked to death and. He goes from shit talking the movie saying it's a ten, it's a ten, which that's cute. Yeah. Yep. So then the genetics lab, uh, Gremlin drinks a potion, a vegetable medley, and starts turning into two vegetable Gremlin. <laughs> that's I love when the vegetables start popping out on his face. Which I had to go back and rewind. That's a that. really good effect. Like I'm assuming they're just like little balloons hidden inside the the, the puppet's face that they just blow out with a burst of air. But it's really good. Also, not to not I need I can't keep slowing you down. But, no, did you fine. notice what uh, Christopher Lee is carrying when he shows up in this scene? Well, he comes in carrying a big old pod from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's one of those things. You, when watching this, listening to this podcast enriches your knowledge about these things. That's a joke now the universe mm-hmm. would have gotten if we hadn't just watched that movie like a month ago. Yeah, he was my favorite character in that movie, which... <laughs> Because, why is he? I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm actually kind of shocked Kevin McCarthy... You know, the bad guy from UHF. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't show up in this movie as, like, one of the lab attendants or something like that. You know, I kind of yeah. wonder if they couldn't get Christopher Lee. I wonder if they would have just gotten Kevin McCarthy. Because he would have been almost, like, the same age and everything like that. But, yeah, anyway. Yep. And he says, I trust that one's not drinking drinking the brain hormone. Oh, shit, it is. Oh, no. And now there's a smart gremlin. I do like how Big it starts. It, like, it like transforms and it has all these crazy, like, cartoon sound effects. And it comes up and he's like, I wanna talk about the little boy. Yeah, I always thought that yeah. was a really cool way of presenting. I just want to talk about what's going on in this room at this very moment. Pretty good, pretty good, Tony Randall. <laughs> so, oh, and man the lip movement on this fucking puppet is great i get the feeling rick baker blew had blew half of his budget just trying to kiss like articulate like night 19- hey what hmm. what happened why are why is the lip movement in this so great and the lip movement in uh little shop of horse so great and even now in 2019 lip movement when it is practical effects is still like uh, bah, 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 bah. when you what happened I'd, it's it's it is really like a lost art that like how I like this is like the apex of an entire cinematic art form that we're seeing in a movie like this like the late 80s that like like it's lip movement is ridiculously and good this is I mean gremlins 2 has like five times the budget of the original film so it's not like this movie was made for nothing but considering how many gremlins uh, that Rick Baker had to make for this movie. He had, probably had to sp- spread his gremlin budget pretty thin, but the fact that he was ma- managed to spend that much time and money to create, just, it's really difficult to create, like, convincing lip sync in a puppet that small. And the fact yeah. that it's so good and so packed with personality, and it's just fucking amazing, and it's like, it's, it creates such a goddamn great character, which he's he's almost like the de facto leader of the gremlins, even though you got Mohawk running around. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he literally becomes the voice for the gremlins for the rest of the movie, but it's just so fucking hilarious. Cat foods yep. and shotguns. Um, and, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, what? it's the effect is so. Mm, yeah, Rick Baker, yeah. you're genius. And w- one drinks some uh, bat 
whatever grows Just wings. Bat stuff and for no reason. Yeah, bat yeah. stuff. And then the, the brain gremlin gives it a shot of genetic sunblock to let it go outside. Yeah. And Christopher Lee says, we can't let them get away. All they have to do is eat three or four children, and it'll be the most appalling publicity. And the best possible liner. The, I just thought the most appalling publicity is such a great line reading. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the big deleted scenes, one of the big chunks, is there's uh, much more material uh, setting up the genetics lab before the gremlins uh, get loose. Justifying why they have, like, a bat thing, why they're making mm. electrical juice, why they're making vegetable medley. Uh, which that's, it's neither, it's nothing big, but like it more sets up like, there's a whole thing about how they're trying, like the reason they're testing bats, I, I can't remember what the logic is, why they have, they're doing, making any of this stuff, which you don't need it because mm. it's not the point of the movie. You don't need to justify yeah. why they're like making a uh, juice that can turn things into electricity, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the bat gremlin smashes through a wall, leaving the Batman <laughs> symbol as it does, because yeah. it was the 80s yeah. or 90s. Well, when they were making this movie, Batman was like tearing apart the world so like of course they yeah. had to put a batman joke in there so gremlins start having havoc and causing havoc in the whole building now and man it's a lot of puppets it's a lot Ooh, of puppets boy. man Oof. i i wonder how many props are left from this movie uh, enough that like well if, you, if they actually one of the things with the red letter media is that they managed to like during during like a prop store auction recently they managed to get their hands on a mm. couple of gremlin arms which I kind of wonder mm. if they're the arms from the uh, from the elevator sequence, because that's the only part in the film that I can imagine mm. like you needed a ton of just like dismembered uh, gremlin arms. But there's well, a lot. They of turn puppets. on and off a lot of switches and lights and yeah, shit. Yeah, Sun yeah. tells me they. Don't, I wonder if they went. To, you know what? They must have talked to some of the Jim Henson people because I saw that one of the the one of the main credited puppeteers and one of the there's only like two people credited with the voices of the gremlins is Kirk Thatcher, who he was a mm. guy from Industrial Light and Magic and became a big part of the Muppets during the mid '80s. And which is which kills me because he was he was actually at the live Mystery Science Theater 3000 show I went to last November and he was in the crowd. He was actually in the in the special VIP mm. VIP crowd that I was in. I didn't recognize him. Oh. And it kills me. You. I spent two you fool. I spent two you hours fool. in like a little group session with like the guy who did half the voice for the Grumlins <laughs> in this movie. I could just see you like sitting backwards in your chair, peeking over the hedge, being like, "Oh, <laughs> that's what what would have happened." Because it's funny because that guy, it's not like he slaves a gremlin puppeteer. Technically, the most the famous thing he's famous for is being the punk on the bus in, in Star Trek Four that Spock nervous pinches because he won't turn off the radio. So it's not like that guy's got like a ton of fans, but I would have been totally that kind of person who would have been like, "Oh my god, you did you did what? You were one of the puppeteers and did all the voices for the gremlins and gremlins too and boo 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 boo." But yeah. Um, what the hell yeah. was the point of me going off on this tirade? Uh, but yeah, oh, no, we're I, just talking about all the good. It's puppets. just I guess they must have at least gotten in touch with like if Rick Baker was making the puppets, I'm sure they probably talked to some of the Jim Henson people and said, "Hey, if you're not working on the Muppets Take Manhattan or whatever the hell that you're working on right now, come on over and help us with this." Because there are literally hundreds of puppets in some of these shots. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. All those. <laughs> we'll get to one a little bit. Not this will be the last time we bring up the red letter media thing. There is one shot of the lobby when it gets filled with gremlins. That there's a totally static gremlin just stuck on the wall that's not moving at all, but it's in the middle of the frame. And there's hmm. enough going on that you may not notice notice it unless someone points it out. But once you've seen it, you're just laughing because it's obviously just like a toy gremlin just hanging from a wall, but not moving <laughs> or anything like that. It just looks very silly. But yeah, so again, there's enough gremlin stuff in this movie. They couldn't bat a thousand with every effect or with every shot. But well, yeah, not every gremlin is going to move every time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen some behind the scenes photo where some of the gremlins are just like uh, gremlin torsos taped to like duct 
uh, taped the safety helmets that people are wearing. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. They're not even articulated. It's like the arms aren't even attached to sticks or anything like that. So, which mm. that kind of cracks me up. But you know, anyway. So something else that cracks me up is when Kate pulls the fire alarm and the fire alarm goes off. Fire, the untamed <laughs> element, oldest of man's mysteries, giver of warmth, destroyer force. Right now, this building is, is on fire. On fire. <laughs> yes, the building is on fire. Leave the building. Enact the age-old drama of self-preservation. I, I wonder if that was in the script or if they were just in the editing room. They were like, you know, we can squeeze an extra joke in here. Let's let's have the, the voice well, guy. Just... People, it had to be in the script because people are walking out and be like, what the <laughs> that's actually a good point because they're like, what? That's our fire alarm? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So outside, the Futtermans are looking at a cathedral, having a good time, but oh, shit, it's the back gremlin. It showed up, yeah. starts attacking Murray, and since it's New York, nobody seems to bat an eye. I wish like, I... Like, fuck, another, I, another fucking one of these it's days. It's hard to tell if that's the joke or if, the, you know, just that's the nature of the, the special effects, because, like, it's not like the people walking around the Futtermans knew... Well, it's on a back lot, so they knew they were in a special effects shot for a Gremlins movie, yeah. but, like... Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's it, there's a really good uh, special effect of it clawing his head open. Yeah, it it really digs into his, like his skin, like the way it like grabs onto his skin. It really does look mm -hmm. like it's tearing into him. It's it's pretty good. It, but it's funny because like cuts between being terrible blue screen stop motion and actually being a pretty <laughs> yeah. good puppet. But yeah, yep. And but it gets he dumps it into some freshly poured cement and covers it with cement and it flies up to the top of the cathedral and lands and turns into a gargoyle, yeah. not to be revived until. Disney brings forth well, if, hit animated show gargoyles. Oh, gee. You know what? Uh, I've seen some people freaking out about that because it sounds like that's going to be on Disney Plus. I don't remember. Although, I mean, that does. Gargoyles if is you good. ever wanted to bring back Gremlins 3, I mean, that's you've got a, like, a live Gremlin who's up on top of a cathedral for the last 30 years. You could always have him be the, the linchpin between films if you don't want to do Gizmo again. But anyway. Yeah. Did, so, did we uh, pass the, the salad Gremlin at the salad bar and all that stuff? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that just the, the, the it, whole like I said, like this I, whole thing is just gags so and gags and gags. Yeah, there's so much chaos happening. I wasn't gonna write it all down. Um, I'm just trying to think of anything noticeable. Uh, the the fucking the film breaking with Hulk Hogan showing up. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, because uh, in the building, more chaos. Billy and Foster run into Christopher Lee. And they talk, but the film breaks, yeah, okay. and gremlins make shadows puppets with Lincoln and shit. <laughs> the Lincoln one! Because there's this... There go. When the gremlins have knowledge of things they have n should know nothing about, that's what cracks me up. <laughs> and just the an the hand animation of it suddenly turning into the Lincoln thing, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my so, god. Uh, a lady comes out of the theater and to the lobby and complains to the usher about the movie. So the usher goes... Uh, uh, to famous racist Hulk Hogan for help. Well, and... you know, any any port in a storm, any help in, a, in a, you can get. What are you gonna do? Yep. He says you better put Gremlins two back on, or I go rip my shirt and I'll come up there and old brother. Yeah. It's kind of Whatever. the height. The movie starts back this is up. The last height of like Hulk Hogan's hey. popularity too. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. Wasn't there a different version of this for the VHS? Yeah. I you know which I've seen. I, I couldn't remember what I I've seen it, but I can't remember what it was. I can't remember because I my family definitely did rent the video, and I remember like being surprised that like the home video version was different than the film version. I think it's like John Wayne. Actually, speaking of John Wayne, I think it might be oh, something John right. Wayne related. Oh, you're right. I think it is John Wayne. I think Wayne. they overdubbed yeah. John Wayne, been like, "Hey, Gremlins, you better not make me shoot you. So you better fix this yeah. TV VCR again." And yeah. I think in the novel, oh, yeah, there's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Son, there's stupid. an image of Gremlins and cowboy outfits. <laughs> <laughs> 
Angelo was gonna be good. I think even the novelization, there's a th this part of the, the novelization, the Grumlins like attack the the the, the writer's ho home office and lock him in a closet until he can escape and takes control of the book again. Which yeah, hmm. they really committed to that gag in every possible medium. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, the film starts back up yeah. again, and uh. Oh shit! I totally lost my place looking at those know, Grandpa cowboy Fred, gremlins. He's just walking around. It seems like they've managed to evacuate yeah. most of the people out of yep. the building now. He's walking around a control booth where it sees no other channels on, and all the news reports on the, on other networks are outside, not being let in the building. So he realizes he can film from inside. Mm -hmm. He goes out of the hall, finds Getty Wabanabe, and asks him if he can work a camera, and he says he is a camera. Yeah, that's pretty much the other line of dialogue throughout the whole film. Yeah, I have a camera. Yep. Yep, and in the lab, uh, Gremlin drinks some electricity, turns into a bolt of lightning. For just, yeah, reasons. Right. Yeah. Oh, and man, the fucking... I like, I like the Gremlin that picks up some acid with warning on it, do not throw on face. <laughs> Which is so specific. I didn't realize it that's it a another joke in of itself. Face. Well, I love that the other Gremlin starts screaming, and it's like, ow, and then suddenly already has a fan of the opera fucking mask. <laughs> and, yeah. And starts laughing. It's <laughs> Yep. That's one of the things I love that Gremlins will like they will laugh at their own misfortune. I love mm -hmm. fucking the Gremlins are fucking one of the all time movies greatest great greatest monsters because they're so stupid. Yeah. Oh, and also then one drank something that turned it into a lady Gremlin. Just because the only it's back and it's meaty meaty calves, <laughs> juicy calves like alarmingly oh, so juicy. juicy. This is this is like the centerpiece <laughs> of the fucking Key and Peele sketches. Just like we got a gravel with titties, just like for no fucking reason, just because we can. Oh, yep. man. Billy Lee and Foster come into the lab, and Foster says it's a complete failure of management. <laughs> Billy says they hate bright lights, but they all broke them, and Lee says, Lee tells them that they've broken them all, uh, but he does have some small assault weapons. <laughs> what the hell is going on in this place that they need the <laughs> assault weapons? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they go to get them, leaving Forrester to get noticed by the lady gremlin, and she likes what she sees. What a hunk! Oh my god, this is one of the things... She attacks him with smooches. It's kind of alarming, too, because they didn't do the lip articulation. Whatever lip articula articulation budget they could have spent on the lady gremlin, they spent on brain gremlin instead. So instead, it's mm. just the lady gremlin kind of, like, puckering her lips and, like, speaking through her puckered lips, like, Oh, what a babe! And all this shit. Yeah, why won't you come in? Which is actually kind of, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they run off trying to escape uh, Lee opens the weapon locker reaches in but gets his hand bitten by a gremlin mm. Billy pulls it off falls into a light uh, which releases the lightning gremlin and it zaps Lee and now he's dead I forgot dead. that Christopher Lee had such a relatively gruesome death in this because it goes on for like falls on his uh, under his uh, knees and he's grasping his hand and he's just slowly getting roasted by the fire uh, the electricity oh that well hey Ugh. Christopher Lee knows how to die. I, well, it's not like he hasn't had experience, and it's not like he won't have experience in the future, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like that story in, in Lord of the Rings where he's like, that's not what happens to a man when he gets stabbed in the back. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Have you never... Like, he knows. Have you never slowly Mother electrocuted a man in a genetics lab before? Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker was in wars. God, yeah. Fucking Christopher... And the way he tells that story, I always wonder how much of that shit is true or not, but he tells it so well, it doesn't even matter, because it, it's... Oh, man. What a fucking... Yeah. Love that guy. So now the gremlin's got a bang, bang, and shoots at Billy, and he runs away. Another gre gremlin grabs a spider potion and drinks it in a later scene. Yeah, that's Mohawk. That's supposed to be the major villain, yeah. but that's like, yeah, this is 
Yeah. I I don't think it's supposed to be well, the major villain. It's just the one you recognize. It's weird too because I did see there was like an interview with Joe Dante where they, he was talking about he imagined that Mohawk was the reincarnation of Stripe from the first film, who was the major villain in that movie mm. or major villain <laughs> Gremlin, I guess. But like, which is kind of, I mean, I guess they're all spawned from Gizmo, so I guess they're all technically part of Gizmo. It's just kind of a weird way to think about it. But even though like yeah. he's just performing the same function, it's just kind of, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. Elsewhere. Uh, Gizmo is now free because they left him alone. Uh, he remembers Rambo's words. So the press is still isn't being let inside the building, outside. And in Clamp's office, comes out of the shower, was on the phone talking about how they have to keep this out of the press, and and nobody know. But then he notices uh, Grandpa on the TV reporting from inside the building, and he gets this amazingly befuddled look on his face as he sits down in shock, and he says, "Dracula." And I laughed. I made me laugh. Yeah, because it's just like, I was wondering if that's <laughs> an ad lib because it's so random, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh. Gizmo's getting his pump on, and a scene Bill thinks it goes too long, but it's literally like five seconds. That's, a, that's It's so bad that five seconds feels like five, <laughs> 20 minutes, but yeah. Putterman shows up outside the building and wants in. They won't let him in. Billy goes to see Clamp, asks him how they go in, and he says it's bad. Only one of his channels is on the air. Human being... And and the human beings, there's people's lives in danger. This is one Do you of have any idea what kind of lawsuits they're looking at? Does he say lawsuits? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I thought he was just more worried. I mean, it is, again, I can totally see the original version of this character. Like, he wouldn't completely disregard the fact that people are dying. But it is nice to see that he's, even if it's he's more worried about the lawsuits than the loss of human <laughs> lives, at least it's a little softer than you would imagine. Yeah. But yeah. But then zip zap, the lightning gremlin pops out of the wall. But Billy manages to get the phone and let it go inside of there. And putting it on hold. It hates it. Yeah. I do. Uh, the, the video. Oh, I forgot that the only reason. The whole reason they set up the thing with the video phone earlier with his call with Kate is just to justify the video. Like Daniel Clamp having a video phone in his office later to yeah. catch the electricity gremlin. The only reason it's really a video phone just is just so they could do the, the, the animated effect of the gremlin on the phone itself. Just to visually show yeah. the audience. That like, okay, yeah. the the gremlin's actually caught in the phone. It's it's not like gone mm -hmm. off into anywhere else in the building. Which, okay, yeah. that's actually pretty clever uh, storytelling, but anyway. So, Clamp puts a TV and a VCR in his office. It is basically a big tape, so I'm being like, Hey, the world is over, <laughs> and we hope you enjoyed Clamp TV, but we sure hope you enjoyed life. life. Yeah. It makes Clamp all misty-eyed. <laughs> oh my god, you just sent me a picture of the bandit gremlins. And they're like <laughs> night shitty 1950s <laughs> cowboy gremlins. That's fucking great. Yeah. Um, did you know so, that this video is actually based off something that Ted Turner uh, actually had CNN create? Yeah. Yeah, it was called the, uh, the, <laughs> it was officially, within the CNN's library, I guess it was officially called the Turner Doomsday Video, uh, which mm -hmm. was, yeah, created for CNN to show in case it ever looked like the world was about to end. It was produced in the mid-80s and consists of a 4x3 low-res VHS video of an army band playing Near My God to Thee which is the song that the Titanic played when it was sinking. And mm. that's it. That's There's no other... It's it's not even quite as... You know, of course, I wasn't supposed to be funny, but... Yeah, I do love... <laughs> hope you enjoyed life. Yeah. Oh, God. So Billy's got a plan. They need to turn all the clocks in the building forward about four hours so the gremlins will think it's night. They'll all gather in the lobby because that's the only way out of the building. And then they'll drop them... They'll, they'll blast them with uh, the sun... And that's where Clamp comes in. He needs to go outside and figure out a way to block the sunlight so they think it's night. And he's like, oh, good, I get to use my secret exit. Yeah. Which, 
Uh, I didn't realize that, uh, because some parts of this obviously are just filmed on a back lot. Uh, but, like, they mm -hmm. actually, when Tramp, uh, I don't know, I don't, it's probably later that Clamp actually escapes from the building. But that's actually, yeah. they're on location in the middle of downtown Manhattan when Clamp rises out of the sidewalk in a secret escape capsule. Which, yeah. and they're, in, like, in front of the building that they filmed this in the middle of midtown uh, Manhattan, right in front of Grand Central Station. And I'm surprised, like, I wonder if they must have already been doing construction or something like that. Because I can't imagine how else they would have let a Hollywood movie crew come in and build, like, into an actual working public open sidewalk in the middle of downtown New York. Like, <laughs> this thing for Daniel Clamp to rise up out of, with a tree on top. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that, that that's pretty... I kind of wonder if that, like, tree planter is still there that they, you know, presumably built it beneath the... I don't know, it's, it's neither. But I just thought from a production perspective, that's actually a much crazier <laughs> stunt that they did than, than, than it looks like on, <laughs> on the surface. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point inside marla's walking around complaining about the lack of lights and oh, the workplace everything and she just walks right into a big spider web and says this is new yeah she doesn't Pretty do much to like get herself out of it she just kind of writhes for a no. minute and that's it yeah and then uh, uh clamp shows up outside by his secret exit yeah this is the shot that i'm talking about yeah. press yep and as he walks away uh murray futterman gets in the tube and goes inside he's gonna deal with those fucking gremlins which again did like did, did, did the guy playing clamp and dick miller were they like were they like sitting next to a sewer underground in real new york <laughs> like when they, when they were waiting to get brought up by the prop department or what but yeah oh yeah one of the gremlins starts fucking with the weather inside it doesn't really have anything to do with anything it just blows wind yeah it's yeah you get the That's idea that, that really this happens. is gonna there be there's probably more to I'm it i'm sure there's probably gonna thing where they turned on the ac and it like made it snow in one of the buildings so yeah. they probably had to cut it or something like that yeah yeah uh billy thinks he hears gizmo but gets knocked up by daffy because he, he was pretending to be gizmo oh they do this whole thing with the dentist shit yeah that's right okay yeah. so gizmo's still getting prepared to be a badass he makes a bow out of a paper clip and i love the little self-satisfied nod he does once he unfolds it's good it like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Those big... grandpa sits down mm. gonna complain <laughs> it's, about it's gizmo's big it's okay eyes. bill it's okay it's okay we didn't hurt you bill it's okay i'm a grandpa so, yeah grandpa sits down on the tv show to interview the brain gremlin and is like what do you want creature it's a simple, we want civilization, just like you. And they talk about it, and he says, mm. <laughs> Another gremlin's there, he shoots it in the face. No, was that civilized? No. Fun, but not at all civilized. This is this is kind of a riff on something that happens in the original Gremlins, where the Gremlins, uh, the, they invade the bar where Phoebe Cates is working at. And uh, mm -hmm. Mohawk, the leader of the Gremlins, he's playing cards with a bunch of other Gremlins, and another Gremlin comes up to him. Oh no, that's not Mohawk, I think it's the Blues Gremlin. But there's a scene where a gremlin comes out to another gremlin and starts annoying it with, like, a little bee hand puppet going... Dah, 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 dah. The other gremlin just pulls out a gun and shoots the other gremlin in the face. And that made me laugh so hard, and I love that they're kind of doing the same thing here, but, like, I love it's actually part of the brain gremlin spiel about civilization. It's just like, yeah, no, it's... it's good. And I like that Grandpa just gets up and <laughs> gets out of there. Yeah, no, that's that it. Happens. They're just like, okay, we're done. He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's great, too, because, like, they also, sh like, the way they even start this scene, they, they, they show that, like, the Brain Gremlins broadcast is being shown on dis uh, displays at the bar in the, the the lobby of the building. And you've got all these Gremlins watching the TV, and at the bar, uh, Vegetable Gremlin is bartending. You've got other Gremlins dressed up like uh, waitresses, like, taking drinks and taking orders yeah. and shit like that. I like how the Gremlin civilization is already kind of, like, starting to settle into its own, like, there's different Gremlins with different jobs, jobs and, and shit. shit. Like, yeah, yeah. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> 
Yeah, outside they're lowering a huge nighttime blanket on <laughs> yeah. over the front of the building. I guess and, I uh, guess the idea is Clamp used all of his money and influence to take a nighttime backdrop from from some opera that's playing in town, and he had it brought over here mm, to trick the gremlins into thinking yeah. it's already nighttime. Yeah. Billy wakes up, strapped down to a dentist chair. He's attacked by Daffy, but Futterman comes in and saves him. Yeah, and there's Daffy a whole. Is it Marathon Man? There's. I've never seen the movie, but I've always heard the reference where I guess. Uh, I think Dustin Hoffman gets attacked by a crazed dentist that he asks, mm, is know. it safe? Is it safe? And I guess it's supposed to be parody of that, but yeah. Anyway, but that's that's gotcha. neither here nor there. So that, that scene ends. Kate comes across Marla, who's all wrapped up in a spider webs and admits she just, she, yeah, they went out to dinner with Billy, but that's all that happened. She's like, okay, that's not all that happened. I was just trying to seduce him, but not, I didn't even get to first base. And she's like, good enough. So she cuts her free. But, oh, shit, it's a spider gremlin. Spider gremlin that slowly walks out from the corner. It's it's Mohawk now turned into a spider gremlin. Um, yep, using a old old sci-fi sound effect. Oh, yeah, it's totally... I don't know if it's... Is it uh, fucking... Um, oh, what's the thing with the aliens attacking from the 1950s? I know that narrows everything down. War of the <laughs> Worlds. But it's that, like, shaky... Which they actually... Yeah. When, when they first showed, there's a giant spider in the lab earlier, too. For some reason, that spider's making the same sound effect, which spiders don't make crazy science fiction sound effects. But no. this is one of the parts that just from a like 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 a like a plotting perspective kind of drove me nuts. Is that like yeah? So uh, Mohawk shows up. He's slowly, very slowly walking down the hallway at at, uh, at Kate. Yeah, he enjoys the fear. But like now, Kate, they've already established that Marla's been cut free. Kate can go anywhere. So, but instead of like trying to protect themselves or run, they both just fall under their knees and start screaming and just wait for the fucking Mohawk well, to eat Marla them. Marla falls down to her knees once she's free. Yeah. The spider comes around the corner and starts chasing her down this one hall. Not even chasing. They're literally they all... just sitting on their asses, just waiting for him to come up on them. Well, there's it's a hallway, Bill. They can only go two directions, and the four, in front of them is a giant spider gremlin, and behind them is more. I web. think if they'd done a better job making the spider webs look like you couldn't get past them, because it's just spider webs. They're not like steel the tendons spider webs. or anything like that. But that's not whatever. But it just it just they could have done something like at least had them fight back a little bit and look make it look like they're not going to win the fight. But it just kind of I, I I would just like to think Phoebe Cates would be a little more. Uh, proactive in this scene, rather than just sit on mm. her butt and go, oh, no, I'm gonna get it. I hope Gizmo come save me. Well, Billy and Futterman head their way here in their screams, but Gizmo's there, shoots a flaming air. I was gonna say arrow, but it's a pencil. <laughs> I was about to say, a, at the spider, a pencil, burned it alive. A pencil with a uh, lit thing of a uh, 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 whiteout. White yeah, shoots uh, Mohawk right in the torso. And I forgot, this yeah. is it. Torso just, uh, our, uh, Mohawk just dies right here. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. That's 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 the baddest gremlin in the whole movie. Just wiped out because they even. I don't think it's the baddest. I think uh, that's yeah, just that's me saying it's the baddest. It's just one of the like named ones. Although earlier in the film, hey man, he was called the copyright on the character says Mohawk, <laughs> and he has the Mohawk with it. Made, they he's from a copyright perspective, he seems to be like he's going to be the most. Uh, but they well even earlier in the film, whenever they see him doing stuff, like he's accompanied by like Slayer suddenly shows up on the soundtrack mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And for such, like, a supposedly badass gremlin, he does get taken out pretty easily by fucking Gizmo, but yeah. Anyway, that's neither so, here nor uh, there. Kate asks what happened to Gizmo, <laughs> oh, God, and he yeah. says, I don't know. I guess they pushed him too far. So Futterman says, hell, we'll don't worry, we'll stop him from getting out. Washington didn't give up. Lincoln didn't give up. 
Kate is like, oh, don't mention Lincoln. It was President's Day or whatever, and then she starts going into her spiel from the first movie. Okay, I was about to ask if you understood what this was supposed to be a reference to, yeah. I did, yeah. But this one's a little more fucked up, because... It's true. I didn't understand. Like, I once she starts talking about Lincoln, you get the joke. And the first time I ever watched this, I was like, okay, we're just riffing out the first movie. I didn't realize she's talking about how she went to a park when she was six or seven, and there's a guy dressed like Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, but he was in a raincoat. And his beard stunk or, or something. something like that. I didn't realize the raincoat. I'm assuming they're suggesting that he was a flasher. Because it's funny, because, like, earlier in the film, Kate gets, Phoebe Cates gets, uh, okay i can call her kate that's her actual character's name uh kate gets flashed by a gremlin which and mm-hmm. it's funny because the same thing that's actually referenced the first movie because she also gets flashed by a gremlin and so i didn't realize she's got like trauma because this is the third time <laughs> in her life she's been flashed by something well first by abraham lincoln yeah. and then by two other gremlins and so i was like oh my god that's a dark story <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe mm-hmm. not maybe not quite as dark as her dad dying on christmas and rotting inside yeah. the house for two weeks but <laughs> anyway yeah. Anyhow, we're at the uh, end of the Gremlins... movie now. They're all in the the, the lobby. Pretty yeah. much, we're almost there. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking for almost two hours. Oh shit! I didn't realize. Oh shit! So <laughs> we have um, a good time when we talk about Gremlins. It's true. Uh, Gremlins are gathered in the lobby. Start singing "New York, New York." As Grandpa <laughs> reports from a trash bin, Gremlins need to sing more. It's enjoyable. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I guess they never and had the, the lip sync fe- to really pull it off before. The female gremlin even gets her face formed out of, like, poster board yeah. to Gershwin there's... music and comes through the eye Yeah, hole. there's a surprising uh, amount of deleted scene stuff, which is just, just more just more bits and pieces of this. Actually, different variations where suddenly the gremlins are, like, transported to, like, a Broadway stage where they're doing more stuff. Mm. Like, well, like, the big thing with the face of the of the, of the gr- lady gremlin, where it's, like, randomly, like, they seem to be, like, in a Busby Berkeley, like, 1930s musical. There was more of yeah. that that got cut, which they spent mm. enough money on that stuff. You think you'd keep it in there just from a budgetary perspective. There's one great mm. scene where, like, I forget. I, I don't know if he's still singing New York, New York, or it's another song, but Brain Gremlin's singing. And suddenly, like, mm-hmm. a whole uh, brass band of gremlins rises up out of the ground <laughs> behind him. And they're all playing along with yeah. him. And but because they're gremlins, they play the musical instruments terribly. And like then one gremlin actually smacks the other gremlin with his horn and, and the other guy falls over and gets smashed with uh, cymbals and all the gremlins start attacking each other. And the whole musical starts to fall apart, which that's pretty great, yeah. too. But I could see yeah, I don't know where they would have put it in the movie, but oh, my God. Yeah, random sh- gremlin shenanigans. It's a remake from the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> oh yeah, the, well, yeah. They even down to the fact that like the gremlin slowly like uh, marches towards the camera, and the camera, and yeah. then the shot fades away, just like in the old uh, the 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 who's not Lon? Oh no, yeah, it was Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney silent film. Yeah. Oh god. And Billy forms a plan. Tells Futterman to get a fire hose, aim it at the lobby, and Kate to find a box to put Gizmo in so he doesn't get wet. And Marla, you smoke. <laughs> yeah, I know she does, a, and that's it, a, yeah. A quick shot of uh, Gremlins doing a kick line, and one walks into the front of the camera, into the scene, and gets hit on the head, and I don't know why, but the sound effect combined with the face it makes when it gets hit on the head makes me laugh every time. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with any... when it's With a Gremlin getting hurt with the Looney Tune sound effect, it's always going to be a good yeah. time, yeah. Yep, Billy asks Kate if there's any way to transfer a call on hold in Clamp's office, and she says, yeah, I think so. So Fudman turns on the hose, sprays all the gremlins down, makes more and more gremlins. You get to see more of those cool, and... like, baby blister gremlin effects, yeah. Mm-hmm. He has Futterman turn off the hose, and then uh, takes the gremlin off hold and sends the lightning gremlin out, zip-zap, zaps all the gremlins on the ground, 
making them into bones and goo, and it's a great. I kind of wonder special effects uh, if uh... even even with the Wicked Witch reference that they oh. throw in there. <laughs> what a world! What a world! I. <laughs> about that i just saw this last night i forgot about that i kind of wonder if this movie would have i i'm assuming this must have been a pg-13 but i wonder if this yeah. this could have been rest uh even an r if the, the lightning's animation special effects hadn't covered up so many so much of the melting gremlin stuff because uh again in the deleted scene there's a lot more of just like showing raw footage of all the gremlins melting and a lot of it's not funny. A lot of it's just like the gremlins, just like like their eyeballs pouring out of their heads and like barfing up their own yeah. guts and stuff like that. And actually, even most of the stuff you see in this melting sequence is played for laughs and stuff. Like even like I think Daffy is just like laughing while he's dying. Uh, but like the 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 brain gremlin, you see he's in his suit and he's still singing New York, New York. And but he's like yeah. falling apart and he falls flat on his face and all his goose coming out of his face. And it's just, and they actually add in a little bit of an echo of actual Tony Randall still singing New York, New York over that after he's already dead. And it's just like it is a little bit like Ugh, that's that's kind of ghastly. But yeah, just like ah, fucking love all the dead, half dead, fucking melting crumbling effects. It just looks so fucking good. Oh mm-hmm. god. Mm. So um, Clamp leads a bunch of SWAT members in, <laughs> screaming charge, and then he slips and falls right on his ass. I didn't ass. realize. Uh, I every time I see this, I always forget that that's that's supposed to be uh, uh, Clamp as the leader of the the SWAT team. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa comes over to interview Clamp, and he's like, "Hey, who who, who the heck told you to record?" And he's like, "Well, no, it just seemed like news." And he's like, "Fuck yeah, it seemed like news. You're gonna be an anchor now. Go get some clothes parties. Yeah. Whatever." Oh, this is the movie that taught me the word avuncular, which I always meant to like Google. What the hell does avuncular even mean? You can assume by mm. context that it means kind of cozy or something like that. Uh, avuncular. Yeah. I had to Google it last night. It means having to do with uncles. Hmm. Uncles. <laughs> so okay, okay, I guess avuncular. Okay, so, yeah. Uh. Clamp sees Billy, starts to go over him. A shotgun goes off. <laughs> it's, it's like, what happened? It moves, sir. Yeah, it's just a random just it, beat, The yeah. moment isn't needed, but I like yeah. it. It's, it makes me laugh. And uh, Billy says, hey, we all chipped even. Even Marla. And she's into Clamp, and he's into her. And she works for him very, very hard. And reporters come in. Clamp turns them to Marla, who's his new head of relations or whatever, I guess. She wins. Hurrah, hurray. Uh... Billy tells Clamp he's sorry about the building. He says, I'm not. Maybe it wasn't a place for people. Maybe it was a place for things. And things showed up. And blah, blah, blah. And Billy says, hey, at least you kept the city safe. And he's like, hey, yeah, that's a good point. I did. That'll sound good. My next book. I should be writing this down. Who got pencil paper? Billy hands him a folded up drawing of his town. Clamp loves the shit out of it. He wants to build it for his next project. Clamp Corners. Where life slows down to a crawl. And then he also sees Gizbo. He's like, hey, you know what I see here? Dolls with suction cups staring out of car windows. Maybe lose the headband. Yeah, he likes the headband. I like he's like, it's flexible, yeah. Bill. Like, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? <laughs> I do like even in this moment, like, Clamp is pretty cool about, like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, t- he's trying to figure out how he can merchandise the shit out of everything. But even, like, he's not, yeah. like, running rough road over everybody. I mean, he is running rough road over everybody, but he's not being an asshole. Every Everybody's leaving happy. Gizmo wants cable. Clamp gets a call from Forrester asking, and he's like, hey, where are you? Wow, way up there? I know, it's gonna take a while to get up there. Everything's shut down. And you, then you get Forrester, he's like, hey, maybe you're right, sir. Maybe I have been working too hard. What a weird... a day, half a day off once the building is that's operational. That's funny. Sure. That's, that's... What a weird fucking <laughs> oh, ending shit. to this movie. 
Oh shit, somebody's playing the wedding march and lowering the lights. This is why we never got Gremlins 3. It's not because this movie made a lost a shitload of money. It's because of this scene. This is what you're sending people out on. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is fucking a great ending. This is a the Gremlins are singing the wedding <laughs> march. The lady Gremlins is a wedding dress swooshing oh towards him. And he looks at her in terror. And then he goes, eh, I can do worse. Eh, all right. Yeah, I'm all right. This is my king and now. And the most Robert Picardo way like possible, too. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, you know, she might have that tight pussy grip. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, then throughout the credits, Daffy Duck pops up now. In and the most random you know, way, just like, oh, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Gremlins 2 and New Batch is still fun. <laughs> It's not for lack of you can trying. Start it, you can start at a half an hour in and be fine. That's but, the yeah. thing, yeah. It's, 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 I, I almost kind of wish it was just a two hour, uh, two, two, like a two hour YouTube fail compilation of just people getting wiped out by the gremlins rather than even pretending to have a plot. But, oh my God. Yeah, that's, that is gremlins too. That is a lot of movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, here's some IMDb trivia oh, for you, Jesus. Bill. Did you know? Did you know Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck appeared at the beginning of this movie and again at the end oh, of it? No. Does Bugs Bunny show up? I know <laughs> Daffy does. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Chuck Jones, thank you. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's it? Is that the trivia? No, I've, I need to find some more because <laughs> Are you just gonna read you're gonna freestyle? Was, that was great. Oh my um, god. But uh, I, we need to take a quick pause, Bill, because I gotta go and load the car because Kelsey just Oh yeah, no problem. So. Take your time. Make a note of the Gonna time. Gonna make You're a note of one fifty-five five oh. Wait, time is moving, so it's not staying the same number all the time. Uh, one fifty-five. That's all I need to know. I can scan the minute to find out when. Actually, I should just leave this in here. If people, if you're at home listening to this right now, you'll know that I forgot to go back and edit this out. Uh, <laughs> which, hey, that's that's the quality podcasting that only the tardy the party podcast can bring you. Triple T to the P. Um, yeah, the animation of Daffy Duck and. Bugs Bunny, you're fine. Uh, it's I man, Mel Blanc had to have been dead by now, right? So this has got to be someone else. Well, I'm watching the credits. The credits should be able to tell me who did the voices for uh, Daffy Duck and uh, Donald, not Donald Duck. I'm thinking of Roger Rabbit. I was watching uh, the piano scene from Roger Rabbit last night, so I got that in my head too. Source music composed and orchestrated by Alexander Courage. Oh, they're just crediting. Wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so. One of the credits is, yeah, source music uh, credit arranged by Alexander Courage is the guy who did the music for Star Trek. Is there a Star Trek joke in this movie? Because they also have original cartoon music and composed by Fred Steiner. He must have been the guy who did the Looney Tunes shield music at the very opening of the film. But yeah, I wonder what music Alexander Courage did that wound up in this film. That's just interesting. Alexander Courage is interesting because, yeah, he's the guy who wrote and uh, composed and conducted the main theme to the original Star Trek. Du, 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 du. Um, which is famous because then uh, Gene Ronberry screwed him out of half the royalties for that theme by uh, pretending to write lyrics for the theme, which guaranteed that Gene Ronberry get half the royalties uh, for every time that music was ever sold. And Daniel's back, I guess? Well, I was wrong. I thought I heard the dog bark. You just want to take a break because you know I would just ramble on forever with trivia about the I movie. I did pee, too. I should have taken that opportunity just to read the trivia out to the... the fuck is wrong with me? You could have not oh, had to man. hear me talk about rhinoceros gremlins and shit like that. Um, Rhinoceros is okay. Yeah, some unused gremlin ideas uh, that were actually sculpted but didn't make it into the fi finished film where there was supposed to be an elephant gremlin. 
a rhinoceros gremlin, a fat gremlin, which I actually saw the sculpture of mm. the fat gremlin looks great. It almost looks like one of the bad guys from Ghostbusters 2. And a weird half-horned gremlin with really smooth skin and big bulbous eyes. Uh, these were, I just saw these images. I was looking at Rick Baker's website and he just had a whole bunch of like sculptures and stuff like that. And he actually had one prototype for a complete redesign of the gremlins where it looked a little more ghastly, almost kind of looked like the gremlins, they look like how they do when they're dying, where it's more kind of skeletal, which would have been kind of an interesting look too, but I guess they decided not to go with that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a mountain of deleted scenes, mostly just more gremlins on the rampage, which were cut because Spielberg was afraid that there were too many gremlin gags in the movie, which, fuck you, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, even as someone who thinks this movie is pretty shapeless, which I'm talking about myself, uh, I think that's a dumb fucking attitude to have, because either you craft a well-honed narrative with a small handful of, of the best uh, gremlin gags you could make, or you go nuts and just yeah. turn the movie into a yeah, YouTube fails compilation of Gremlin Mayhem, which that's what this movie almost turns into, is the latter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, deleted scenes include most of Daffy, Lenny, and George's appearances, which is why they pretty much disappear after they attack a microwave with Marge. Uh, lots more mm -hmm. stuff with Robert Picardo's character, which is why he just kind of disappears halfway the movie, too. Um, like I said, more stuff with how fucked up the building is with all the subliminal stuff. Um, all right, I'll be right back this time. For no, this. yeah, no, I'll just dictate this stuff. Well, no, I'll wait, because you're part of this podcast, you might like to hear about some of this trivia. Yeah, go, okay, go, 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 go. Now it is 158.59, which means it's 159.00. I should write that down, too. So what else can I talk about that's not Alexander Courage? I could talk about... I need to write this down. Wait, hold on, I gotta think for a second. 159. I also have... Although, if I go back and delete the one minute that I was chatting to myself, that'll change the time mark, so instead of 159, it should be 158. Shut up, Bill. Maybe I need to stump so I can just leave this all this in so I don't have to worry about editing at all. Ah, oh, what am I talking about? Bah, Ricky, 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 Ricky Baker. The guy who did the special effects for this film also did the effects for... Just <laughs> rattling this off the top of my head. Uh, did the effects for... Uh, most famously, he did the effects for... Uh, uh, Murder, She Wrote. Julie Andrews in that TV show was a puppet. That wasn't Julie Andrews. Who was that? <laughs> I can't even get can't even get my own joke straight. Who was th who was the she played Miss Potts in the uh, fucking uh, Beauty and the Beast? She was a puppet the whole time. That 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 actress has never actually existed. She's an animatronic built by Walt Disney from Bedknobs and Broomsticks who escaped and became sentient. Um, yeah, Rick Baker, he did the effects for, uh, American Werewolf in London, he did, I think he did the effects for the Men in Black movies? I think so. I know he just recently retired, which is a big bummer. And it also sucks, too, because he wound up, uh, selling off most of the stuff he had created during his Hollywood career, just because he had retired, he's not, you know, doesn't have any income coming in, and he couldn't afford to, uh, keep renting out the giant warehouse space that he was using to store all of his stuff. So, yeah, just a couple of years ago, he sold off, like, all the stuff he built for American Werewolf in London. He had literally a warehouse full of Gremlin stuff. In fact, I saw an interview with him where um, part of his... his whether he, When he was deciding whether or not he wanted to take on Gremlins 2 was he realized that Gremlins 2 was going to require enough Gremlins to be made that he was going to have to double the size of his creature shop. And... While he was debating as to whether or not to take on the Gremlins 2 job, he found out that the warehouse space, right next to the warehouse space he was already renting out, had, had just become available, so he took that as essentially a sign from the fates of saying, hey, go ahead, take the job, 
uh, because you can just essentially just double your your studio space right there, and so that's what he did. And he wound yeah wound up filling that whole warehouse full of literally hundreds of gremlins. And yeah, I guess that's one of the weird things because I guess most of these creature effects guys, it seems like they mostly do get to keep most of their stuff because uh, now that like all the people who were responsible for the creation of all these creature effects in the 80s are retiring right around now. Uh, there keeps on being all these auctions where these guys are retiring and they need money to live on while they're retiring. And so they're auctioning off all the stuff they made in the 80s. And so that's how you get like the big prop store of London uh, Rick Baker auction where the, yeah, that's where the Red Letter Media guys got their Gremlins 2 props uh, from. And yeah, like Charlie Lippincott, he was not a creature effects designer, but he was the PR guy for the first Star Wars movie. He's getting old now too. He's like almost like 80, 90 or something like that. And he's he's kind of hit hard, some financial hard times recently, and he's I think he just got the word that he's starting to uh, to, to uh, aggregate all the stuff he collected while working on Star Wars and Alien and stuff like that, and he's going to be auctioning all his stuff off. And yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, it's great for collectors because all this stuff is coming directly from all these people who made all this stuff. That you know, if you want to buy that buy that stuff, and you have got the money that you can have the option to try to to have a little bit of Hollywood history for your own, but. It's kind of sad all these guys are... Their retirement plan is essentially selling off these precious things they made for movies. Good God, you're still... I am talking about how <laughs> these special effects guys are using auctions of the stuff they made for all these Hollywood movies as a makeshift retirement plan now that they're all getting old mm. and dying. Which is kind of yeah. sad. So I just went off on that rant for four minutes. This good. is the kind of shit that I just think about to myself when I'm pooping. So now I just get to say it out loud and record it and have two people listen to it. <laughs> so, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, everything stowed away. What kind mm. of groceries did she get? She didn't get anything Not good? Sure. Eh, usual stuff. Man, I just tried Orange Crush for the first time since I was 12. I forgot how much I liked mm. Orange Crush as a kid. That shit's good shit. Uh, just thinking mm. about grocery stuff. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, there were deleted scenes in the genetics lab where the gremlins let all the animals loose. Which, uh, mm. only a portion of that got filmed because the animals, especially the chimps, were so scared of the gremlin puppets that most of that stuff didn't work out. Um, mm. the gremlins helping out with Grandpa Fred's, uh, horror TV show before he quits and becomes an impromptu in the field news reporter. Uh, which is why he's complaining about his show not being scary at the beginning because they helped make his show scary before he abandons it. And, uh, yeah, more bits and pieces with the musical uh, that the Gremlins put on at the end. And, yeah, that's kind of just lots of uh, odds and ends and just, yeah, just generally just more Gremlin mayhem and gags and stuff like that, which is, yeah, kind of a shame they just should have committed to that much stuff even more. But, uh, yeah, but the last big, big, big bit of trivia, which explains why we are never talking about Gremlins 3, because it never got made, was... Uh, despite costing five times as much as the first film, Gremlins 2 only made a quarter as much as the first film, yeah. which, that math is not good. I think, uh, mm -hmm. the first Gremlin movie made, like, cost $11 million and made, like, $150 million. Uh, Gremlins 2 cost about $50 million and only made $40 million, so it was a net loss of $10 million. And so, yeah! Um... I'm assuming Joe Dante is retired, so even if they made a Gremlins 3, I don't know if you'd be able to get him back. 
Although, Gremlins are so cartoony, it shouldn't be that hard to someone to kind of ape. As if, if, so th there's gotta be a filmmaker out there who loves Looney Tunes shit enough that they could probably do a pretty good Gremlins movie if they wanted to. Because all you have to do is make stupid shit. That's... <laughs> Lord and Miller could do it. Who? Lord and Miller. Oh, God. They would make it all, it would be too good. They're almost too good for Gremlins. <laughs> like, Gremlins almost shouldn't be, like, that much thought. It should just be like, what's the dumbest, like, can we take a puppet, a lizard puppet, have it get hit in the head with a hammer, and there would be a Looney Tune sound effect of going, <laughs> like, they would probably think about it too hard. It, was the, <laughs> yeah. it would be a great movie, but, yeah, I mean, it's all, I, I was posting about this right before uh, uh, we started recording, but someone on Twitter was just talking about uh, how it's weird that in this age of where everything in the world from the, especially anything from the 80s is being rebooted, that it's kind of weird that the Gremlins... Uh, haven't been recycled, despite, you know, especially with all this stuff being made for uh, streaming services, because every company in the world right now is desperate for streaming material, and it's kind of weird that, like, yeah, there hasn't been one uh, hint at, like, anyone trying to resurrect the Gremlins or anything, because even the fucking Critters! Critters got a new TV show on Shudder, and as much as I love Critters too, like, how is it Critters came back, but Gremlins is still AWOL, but I don't know. Yeah. But hey, yeah, that's Gremlins too. It's it's a fun movie. I still like da, da, it. Da, 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 da. And uh, yeah, the the Gremlins theme is one of the greatest mischief themes ever made. Yeah, it's a great like ragtime theme. It's like hey, that thing goes places. So, but you prefer <laughs> the big corny orchestral version, not the cool synthesizer robot <laughs> fart version, huh? <laughs> you son yeah, of a bitch. <laughs> sure, if you want to phrase it that way. Sure, have some taste and perspective. Why don't you? <laughs> So what are we doing next? Oh, time? I forgot about this. Speaking of mayhem, mm -hmm. if you thought Gremlins mm -hmm. 2 was fucked up with crazy shit going mm -hmm. on, if you thought Story of Ricky was fucked up with like dudes sewing mm -hmm. the arms and shit back together, we're going fucking hog wild with next week's episode. Guess what it is? Mm. What would be the craziest um, shit we could talk about on this podcast? Um, Sense and Sensibility. Close. <laughs> Dead Poet Society. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I feel like that was just, oh man! Oh fuck! <laughs> I figured you'd cashed in so many bad movie tickets recently, and by so many I mean Phantom Toolbooth and Alice in Wonderland, which actually weren't that bad. Uh, I, it, you know what? I, it's, it's, it's totally a Con Air thing, of me. I don't mm -hmm. even know where I saw it or something like that. Where I was like, Ted Poet Society. I think I was thinking of nice autumnal movies. And I've always have you seen it no. before? I mean, I've never. You know, you, you know that's a week. I mean, you could. Oh no! What happened? I I watched the first half hour of it last night just to make well, sure. Well, I was just saying your last episode was something you hadn't seen before, so you could do a thing you've seen before. I think about that. That's you don't have to. Do I think just because the autumnal. It's up to you. I saw it let off yeah, last night, and it's it is only two, only quote unquote two hours. It's not super long. Uh, it is, the first half hour, I've, I mean, it is slow movie, because it is just about, I, I was always kind of intrigued, because, hey, everyone loves Robin Williams in it. Uh, and also, it's the same guy, Peter Weir, who directed Master and Commander, and I love Master and Commander, but also, at the same time, it's about a bunch of rich prep school kids, which is ha reason enough not to want to do it. But, the first half I saw last night, it seems promising, even though I'm assuming that, mm -hmm. even this, I'm assuming what's going to happen is the one kid's going to have to... Uh, confront his controlling dad and you're gonna find out at least another kid has been molested or something mm. there's gotta be I don't see how you make that movie and not like engage in these basic cliches 
But it's pretty. And part of me like, I like Autumn. I like, I like some part of me wishes I could have gone to like American Hogwarts. Even mm. though it, like it's going to be all these people trying to make problems sad because they're like, you're not supposed to teach people, people. You're supposed to be lazy teachers like us. And it could turn out to be terrible, but from the, then again, you're also talking to the person who I love in the mood for love. So hopefully this is mm. not that that I love in the mood for love, but I know you did not care for that. So hopefully this is not that yeah. kind of situation, yeah. but... We see. Well, but the thing is, like, I do we have another pick before Halloween starts, or is your next pick gonna have to be a Halloweeny thing? And not that it has to be Halloweeny, but and it's the second of October is so you got the twenty fifth and then. Okay, so you are gonna be yeah, you're gonna be our first pick of Halloween. Whatever we decide to do, start doing for Halloween stuff for next month or Halloween ash s stuff. But yeah, I figured whatever Dead Poet Society. It's that time of year. By the time November rolls around, I'm not gonna be in the same mood and. God knows I'll ever remember to try to tackle this movie again, but yeah, this is one of the big gaps in my Robin Williams film knowledge, and yeah, I figured, well, Con Air worked out so well, why not try Dead, Dead Poets Society? It's basically the same It's movie. almost the same, it's just, it's got Robin Williams, it's, he's crazy, maybe he threatens to blow up a bunny too. So that was uh, Gremlins 2, he's muttering on Twitter, I'm the group Turtle on Twitter, Target Podcast on Twitter, TargetPodcast.com. Find us, share us around, mm -hmm. and go watch Gremlins 2, the new batch. It's fun. Uh, especially if you like special effects. Yeah. Hey, well, if you just like fun things. Yeah. So next time it's Good Poets. Uh, oh, we forgot to point out the big twist of where they're about mm -hmm. to like kill all the Gremlins, mm -hmm. but then the thunderstorm starts, which I thought that was clever. Oh, right. Plot. I did forget that. That's neither here nor there, yeah. but yeah, so Dead Poet Society next week. Mm -hmm. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the thing that they say in that. I've seen the ending. That's all. Oh, I know. really? Because <laughs> you seem. Yep. I'm assuming your 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 wife and baby just came home, so I'm assuming that's why you're extra quiet. But also, I could just. Yeah, he's napping in the next. Okay, room. so I, you know, I figured it was either that, or you're just so the life has been sucked out of you by knowing that we're going to put society. You're just yeah, like, you uh, know, the a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. And let you go. We're gonna end the podcast <laughs> no, now. It's fine. <sighs> all right. Yep. Until next time, keep causing mischief. They'll take us out with some of that. <laughs> Probably Cynthia Crap. <laughs> okay, take care, guys. Okay, now, okay, you guys know that none of that is going to be in the actual movie. Gremlins, in this theater, now? Okay, you guys, listen up. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks, it won't happen again.